0: The Audio Vault on one San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by A.A. Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121, or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. It's 0, 0600. What's
1: the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wait,
0: Thompson. You don't believe the other way in
2: transition
0: to the Cowboys. I slam. want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys
2: win. How else would you settle this game? How
0: about this, yeah. Begin each day
3: as if it were on purpose.
0: I wake up in the morning, and I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on one San Antonio Sports Star.
2: Good morning. Hey, good morning to
0: you.
4: Good morning, good morning. It's R&R in the morning, a Wednesday edition. I barely know it, but yes, indeed, Rudy. Why would I know that? You barely got the... Why you say you barely got the trash you out? barely got the trash out. Oh, you... you, you it's you, been a rough morning. He's still here. I'm right, here, I'm hard. here. I, I arrived, but didn't... One of those mornings where you roll over and your alarm hadn't gone off. Did the uh, immediate panic? Uh, yeah, but it wasn't really, really late. It was just late enough to go, oh crap. I mean it wasn't like I had to speed to get here, I was but I'm i I'm, 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 I'm at the at the base of my soul, I'm a kindergartner and I need structure. And if I get out of my structure, I get fussy. I'm, you know, but so, you still got the trash me. out, right? Yeah, the trash is out. Okay, cool. Well Let's I had to get it on. past the raccoon that I had to deal with last night, but uh, What raccoon? I killed a raccoon. Well, I don't have yeah, any don't physical know. proof because first of all, raccoon. stole.
3: He did not the kill a raccoon, y'all. He didn't. He, oh, I did. Jesus, I'm trying to help. him. Why? And the raccoon a living... was
4: holding a dead varmint when I
3: killed it. Exactly. And, my, and, a, and a dog. It's a raccoon, living, Rob. You. Creamed. It's 2023. You. It's a living thing. Good morning, Marcus Rudolph. Becky. Good morning, Beck. But uh, got to. Morning, Mama. Um, what the raccoon do to you, man?
4: Nothing. And, and, he it took won't. A, and he had a varmint with was, him, so he was helping you. They had, so, had something like a rat in his hands. It was, it was a surreal experience. You see, this is why <laughs> he gets a new toy and he couldn't wait to it. Man, use. I ran back. i my not, gun. I don't I, like raccoons. I come, oh, yeah, they're, they're monkeys. They're rats with thumbs, they're, whatever you want to describe. So then I get back and I, I, I dispatch. Dispatch. I like that word. And then I would go, "Oh, let me go get my camera. Let me get my phone. Let's go back, look around, get my phone. Come You're back out, and it's gone. You were going to send it to the WhatsApp. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it, it was gone. I could see the gone. blood trail. And so then, by
3: the time you got, by the time you took him out to go, well, go back probably in the house.
4: Ten minutes. But still, yeah.
3: It was so gone. within ten minutes, something else on your property. To me, I, it felt like the circle of life on your property, like. The raccoon has the rat, and then something comes and dispatches the raccoon. Well,
4: there there was a I, there was a it's drop the, of blood. Uh, was it the food chain on yes, your property? Yes, it was. There was a drop of blood on one side of the fence, and it's a deer fence. It's a eight-foot, you know, it's wire. You can see through it, but it's eight-foot tall. I got you. Uh, and then you see a blood drop, which I think it was about 15 feet on the other side. So some grabbed it and went over the fence. What was it? I didn't see. I mean, it could, I've got a big barn owl that camera? lives in the. I don't camera, camera. You don't have cameras on your property? No, I, I don't live on an estate like that. No, we. I, I don't have cameras. You have guns. We <laughs> yeah, we have guns. <laughs> I don't want anybody to see me with my guns. No, I, it, it was it's gone. The raccoon's gone. I, I I'll find it today because there will inevitably be I don't know eighty. The buzzards. buzzards yeah, the buzzards, around I, I don't
3: understand like how what the how the buzzards work. Like who who gets to eat first? Because a lot
4: of times they're like all like just standing around waiting on their turn. There is a pecking order. It's You're a, right. It's a
3: pecking order, right? It's got to um, be.
4: A couple of months back, there was a pig someone had hit close to us, and I've it was like the African savanna. I've yeah. never seen. So many of them, and they are—you're right—they're all just kind of but standing around. But they serve a purpose. God, yeah. God don't make no mistakes. Vultures, buzzes, whatever they serve clean yeah. in 24 hours. They're, I mean, before the roadkill crew, which you want to talk about an entry-level gig, the roadkill crew could arrive. I ain't uh, no, the, yeah, who who's who signs <laughs> up for that job? <laughs> an interesting. Have you ever eaten raccoon? I uh, no, but I have heard tell I've you heard, can. I've heard raccoon and squirrel. Uh, you know, I've had a squirrel, but that's. That was what not, is more of a dare. Chewy and gamey? Yeah, that was more of a dare than anything else. But um, no, I wouldn't dream of eating that little rat. I mean, they're pretty and, they, and they're funny and we know what they're, you know. Huh. But they, they're, they're a nuisance. They are. They're a nuisance. What's a nuisance? Raccoon? Yes. Yeah, they
3: they tip over your trash and all other kinds of stuff. And they
4: eat the, uh, they, they eat one specific part of the chicken. You can always tell if a raccoon oh, got see, your you. Chicken. Yeah, so
3: they, they definitely a problem on your property. Oh, yeah, that's. See, I've never had a raccoon in my house. I've had possums. Which which you know, possums serve their purpose. I shouldn't leave say, them alone. The sad
4: thing is they look worse and they're scarier, but they're better in my mind. I'd rather have a possum running around. Yeah, cuz the possum just minding his business. But they will get in your attic and make
3: Oh, yeah, now I've seen um what is it infested where this this these possums took over this lady's yeah, apartment. I had, had a one. way in. She didn't know where they were coming in from, but she would come home from work and they'd had a party in their fridge every day. Every day. Poor ladies buying groceries every day. And they were coming from behind the stove.
4: Dude, you turned the corner. <laughs> can you imagine turning the light on in your kitchen and there's a possum <laughs> standing there? Bro. We are both playing possum I'm, at that I'm, moment. I'm
3: peeing. Well, I'm, I'm passing peeing. out just I'm, like yeah, him. I'm peeing on myself.
4: My dog chased a possum one time. And you know, you always hear about possums playing possum. Yeah, they played dead. I've, I've never seen one play dead. Have no,
3: you? Played, no. Like,
4: who was the guy that saw a possum play dead? Because i would never seen Because this one was running for a second and then got tired of running and turned and squared off against my dog. Yeah, That, that possum turned, stood up on its back legs, and went, ha! Ah! My that, dog put on its brakes. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, what was that? I, ran back and stood behind me. I watched my
3: Sharpay Bundy. I miss Bundy. Chase a skunk into a corner. and yeah, my, the, And then my poor guy. My poor guy got sprayed down. You should have seen him walking back. You ever seen?
4: <laughs> yeah. <I was> like, <laughs> the oh, walk back. no. I'm, I'm
3: screaming, Bundy, Bundy. And finally, Bundy cornered him. And my guy got sprayed. My guy just, <laughs> my guy turned around so like,
4: sad. Like a, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it
3: was, he was like, is that what you were trying to tell me? I was like, yes, you idiot. No, now get
4: over here and stay outside. Now I got to take your ass to the vet because tomatoes don't work. No, I've washed a dog till it was orange and you it's know. still stuck. <laughs> uh, you know who promoted that? The National Tomato Growers Association. Yeah. All you do is waste about eight gallons of tomato juice. Yeah. Don't use it. It doesn't work. You got to go get that special shampoo from the vet. Hey, uh, let's hope there's no stink on the Spurs after tonight. Oh, How's there's that? a stink
3: on them. They got, they lost, well, the last time we saw
4: them, they got beat by 40. After that five hasn't been washed off yet. Consecutive quarters of the worst basketball that Greg Popovich has ever participated in, and I want you to consider that for a moment. Uh, they go into New York, and it is a huge day. It, it is Wemby in the Garden, and we will address it in the appropriate manner. And in that manner, we've invited a guest in to today. And it, And while it sounds... I mean, everybody likes talking about Michael Jordan. I mean, who does I mean, he is the greatest player of all time. Uh, Johnny Smith has the has the uh, I don't want, want to say latest, a very unique iteration on the story of Michael Jordan. It, it's about it's called Jumpman, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's about Jordan's place in American history as a black athlete. And you think about springboard pop possibilities and things that catapult athletes into stardom, and the stage that sets for the future is more often than not places like the garden. And when we look at Victor Wimbayama step into the garden today, which is the spotlight of the NBA, he'll be following many of the greats. He's standing on the shoulders of giants, much like those. <laughs> wait, I don't know. That were can here. stand on anybody's shoulder. Well, over think that about <laughs> that's about 15 feet of, of two people when yeah. you consider the, the shoulders of Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Their debuts in the garden went quite well. Can Wimby match up? We'll tell you what Tim and Dave did and look at others and talk about the potential for tonight, but it should I be a lot wait. of fun.
3: I I can't wait. I mean, it feels, um, because there's so much hype around Wimby, and then you you couple that with the garden, and you couple that with what some of the greats have done in the garden, and then it's on ESPN. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
4: The inferiority complex can slowly start fading away, Spurs fans. Here we sit front and center, and we will talk about the Spurs trying to get off what has been a ridiculously bad little run of things, and they're going to be doing it without Devin Bissell. We'll we'll prep you for all of that. Talk about the college football playoff as well as the votes are in, and we continue down the train with a destination that we sure are sure is going to be different because two of the four are going to play each other, but other than that... There is some chaos imminent as it appears. We're gonna look at three or four games that could affect all of that and talk about the potentials here. And who is the one lost team that will be sitting in the four? We'll talk mm. about that. And unfortunately, I don't think it's gonna be Texas. They I'd gotta, like for it to be.
3: Yeah, I don't like I don't like the rest of Texas's schedule.
4: But I'd like to think Which and, hurts. You know, we all have a boss. We also have people that we work with that we've always worked for, like mentors. And there's people that you work with that you love. Like, you, mean, you walk into their office and they're always gung-ho and ready to go. Jerry Jones is one of those bosses that I would love to work for, man. When I heard his, it, some of the sound we hear, you'd have thought the Cowboys won.
3: <laughs> well, Jerry, you know, he may be kind of sort of in an indirect way. He answers the question. We he can hear from him on if he believes in moral victories.
4: He talked with the fan yesterday. He talked a lot. He talked a lot. And sometimes when you when you least expect it, some kind words from your boss might be enough to keep you moving. Because I think McCarthy and Jerry were kind of on the same wavelength going into Monday morning.
3: Hey, and y'all, then, look at us. We yeah, did all right, didn't we? Did okay. And then, and then everybody's
4: like, no, you didn't. Mack walked in front of the uh, firing squad that was his first press conference of the week and realized, hey, man, these guys are kind of upset. They wanted a W-2 right. on top of the moral victory and the success from my quarterback and being in a game against the best team in the NFC. All that stuff. Well, Jerry kind of reinforced the fact that, hey, all is well in Dallas. Not too much to worry about. There's a long way to go, and we're going to hear a lot from him there. It's going to be a fun one today. Man, I, I, college basketball, I don't want to waver people off the path of what they're into right now. And obviously, you know, college We do this every is, year, Rob. We do this every dude, year.
3: It's November. You and your son.
4: Auburn Baylor. Um, you and your son. Are, uh, you and
3: your son and about 100 other people. Are excited about college basketball. <laughs> and, it's a,
4: and that's okay. Do you, brother? I'm just telling you, if you're if you're looking for just to to kindle your rekindle your competitive spirits on the hardwood. Well, Bill Self got paid a lifetime contract with an extension. How do you do that? Yeah, like I what? don't know how you manage that. <laughs> it is the preemptory don't go to the Spurs move. Yeah, he's not going to be a spur coach. Nah, and I, 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 you know, I was a fervent believer that he not only could but should be up until a couple years ago. But that that boat sailed. Yeah, yeah. Goldfinger, we're going to talk about the greatness that <laughs> was Martavius <laughs> Bryant is a brand new Dallas Cowboy. Uh, this
3: is so funny to me, and that's why I said I don't even have to tease it because I said it mm. already in the Sports Center. Like, yeah, let's let's make a big deal of Martavius <laughs> Bryant getting signed, but we can't even get Brandon cooks the ball, <laughs> you know. Like, Jerry's asking, answering questions about Brandon Cooks. McCarthy's getting pissed off about it. Dak's asking, getting to ask questions about Brandon Cooks. But, oh, 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 stop the press. A guy that hasn't been in the NFL just signed with the Cowboys. (laughs) And they have a receiver that they're paying 12 million. They already can't get the ball to. But oh, hey, by all means, let's, let's celebrate them signing
4: Martavius Nothing Bryant happens,
3: Goldfinger. Man. One, two, three. Give me a break. Um, this is silly.
4: how many catches did T.Y. Hilton offer the exactly, Dallas Cowboys Rob. in his long and illustrious Cowboy career? Was it one, like literally one catch or did he have two? Maybe three. Maybe three. He had a third and
3: 31, which helped him beat Philly. That's the only catch I remember. That's the only one I remember. So let's hope Martavius
4: Bryant has a career equal to or better than the great T.Y. Hilton. And if so, he will have produced far better than the previous wide receiver acquisition. As we go (sighs) into this, and we're going to talk a lot and hear from Jerry about his quarterback and where he can take us and uh, C.D. Lamb and all of that. Remember that that number three that everybody's saying needs to get the ball and is complaining about not getting it, hasn't said a word. <laughs> yeah. Just just remember. He's a, he's a pro, Rob. As we he's com- a pro. Complain on his behalf like right. we're a, an angry soccer mom. Uh The guy on the field hasn't said a word about. Hey, I'm not. Well, at least he ain't crying about it. No, right. but, and maybe he needs to. Maybe he needs to read the playbook that CeeDee Lamb and so many other divas have read. Hey, coming back, the Spurs are in the Garden. Let's talk expectations, either realistic or outlandish, and judge Wimby against the greats as the Garden is open to the next and future Victor wimbayama We're talking Spurs next. R&R continues right here on one, San Antonio Sports Star. It's R&R.
0: You can make it there.
4: His name is Victor Wimbayama, and he leads the Spurs in every... Category possible along that stat sheet. Points, rebounds, scores, blocks. Sis. Uh, see so yeah, yeah, he had to go
3: negative. Uh yeah, Victor. Why you have me turned down, dog? Why what I talked that much? He was afraid of what you're gonna say about our star. Damn, bro. About our number one. Edwin came in here hating today. <clears throat> the uh I got to go to New York for the first time in twenty one when I first got over here. Oh. Uh, you were army navy. It was the 20th anniversary of 9/11, and I almost didn't get to go. It was a, it was a last minute thing. Rob and the good folks over at USA pulled some strings. You, Jason, and it definitely one of those cities where as soon as you land, it does feel different. Mm-hmm. I don't. Again, I've been a lot of places around the country. I'm not a travel junkie. Like I haven't been everywhere, but I've been a lot of places. It's definitely a city that you feel, because we're we we're, we. We're, we're, Times Square? We stayed in Times Square. Ah, real close, yeah. Down the street from Times Square, just around the corner from the Garden. Too. It's a different energy. It's a different energy. It's a different vibe. Everybody, everybody walking everywhere. It's fast paced. It just feels different. So I can only imagine what it's like when you enter into as on that level, on that level, or even the Big East tournament. Like, like there's a lot of history that goes into the Garden. Like when I think of the Big East tournaments. That have gone on there. Like, I think the first one that comes to mind, Kimba Walker stepped back, made the big man fall, knocks down the shot at the buzzer. But so I can only imagine on that level going into the garden when I just, just the vibe I got leaving LaGuardia in the cab. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just a whole different vibe. So I hope my guy, Victor, has that feeling. Oh, he knows. That some of the goats, some of the greats have had walking into that building. He knows. You sure? I guarantee you he knows. If I'm Pop, I'm telling him. I think of Marv Albert, too, though. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say Madison
4: Square Garden? First thing. Patrick Ewing. Uh, That's a good one. It's Patrick Ewing and Dwayne Pearl. Okay. Pearl with Syracuse. Those are the things that, and people go, who? But uh, those are the things when I think of the garden. It is the, it's the garden it is truly that there is no brighter light there is no bigger stage no in the game of basketball it there's that uh, this is it nope it's not the forum not in the day it's not staples it's not Boston garden through the years through the decades in the annals of sports it's the garden does
3: it help or hurt that the Knicks can't get on track like
4: when you got guys going it there. helps because it provides an even bigger stage. When when team, when this kind of shows up it makes it even bigger. The Knicks are not bigger than the story of Jordan getting 33 and 8 in his debut. It was the Jordan debut. Even though the Knicks were good then. I think it helps that they're not as good
3: because it gives you something to look forward to well,
4: in the also garden. Well, an opportunity for these stars to go shine. And if you look at the debuts of the goats, they all did pretty damn well in the garden when Tim stepped on his first time 25-10, 2-1 on 10-16 of 16 shooting. That was Tim's first trip to the garden as a rookie. David outdid that. 27-6-2-2. Two two. That's rebounds, blocks, and steals. And that's against Ewing. Uh, on twelve or twenty shooting over fifty percent, so there's something about the garden that the stars show up. Jordan, as I said, thirty three, eight, five, three, and two shot in, uh, well over fifty percent at fifteen or twenty two. Owned the place. Magic had a triple double in his rookie in his year. Open the see the guy, and one of the things about Wimby, and unfortunately, he's going to be held to a standard that he established over a very brief mo- brief amount of time. <laughs> but he has to this moment showed up when he was required. I mean, it, when the when the spotlight came on, Wimby was all seven five of himself. Now, you talk
3: about debuts. Five slamma jamma, oh, Nigerian soccer player. I mean, Tim and Dave, that was good. But Olajuwon said, hold my beer. His debut in Madison Square Garden, 30, 25, (laughs) three blocks and three steals. Like, 30 and 25 as a rookie?
4: He is never going to get the desserts that he he should get. He doesn't. He he doesn't. Who, 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 Yeah, he He never chased the spotlight. And his game degraded quickly because it was built so much on quickness. That, uh, you know, those later years when he was basically playing on one leg in Toronto, it wasn't him. No, no, no. But I for I don't five even count, years. I don't even
3: count his time in Toronto. For five
4: years, there was as good, he was as good as everything, anything to walk the planet. And that number just kind of signifies what he was worth. And, and then the list goes on. I mean, we could talk about Iverson and LeBron and Durant, Chris Paul. The entree to the world stage is New York. And a guy who's from Paris, it's not like Wimby hadn't been from a metropolitan magnet of an area that, you know, garners attention.
3: Now, but, but see, the thing about this, though, the, the I'm going to give Wimby a slight slight pass. When I think of Tim, Dave, Magic, Mike, Hakeem, even AI, they were all already in their 20s. Durant was 19 because Durant was a one and done. Mm-hmm. LeBron was 18, 19. So I think we got to go more along those lines. I, I can't have them. I, I can't compare them to Tim and Dave. They were grown men
4: already. Or can I? No, you you you've kind of hit it on the head. We're offering unrealistic expectations for a guy who, and
3: he's gonna be in, he's gonna play in the Garden another ten time, twenty times. Yes. he's gonna play in the, whether it's a spur uniform or not once a year. He's gonna play in the Garden, but I mean, when I look at some of these debuts, Timmy's and Dave's and Magic triple double, LaQuem thirty and twenty five. A, I had 35 thirty five seven six and two steals. Now he had played in the Garden a few times, well, because of his time at Georgetown for the Big East tournaments. But LeBron twenty-two five and three KD thirty and five. No, with every, nah, nah, Wimby got to go perform. Yeah, with every successive he game. he got to go perform. I'm sorry, sorry, Wimby. I know, I know it's unrealistic, but you know we we lost games on purpose for you. So it, you're just I I'm not gonna stop saying that. He, like we literally like, hey man, you're not playing tomorrow because we need to lose. I got, I, you, 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 no, you got to
4: perform tonight. Tim is on ESPN. Did Tim and did David and did Hakeem, did those guys go into the game minus their best shooter playing with a 6'10 dude, learning a new position at point guard? Did they go into the game hamstrung by that? I don't think so. No. So I think we do need to temper our expectations. Right. But. Uh, the expectations are still going to be huge. Jay, hey, we're going to talk about what it's like to enter the Garden as a young star with an author. His name is Johnny Smith. He's got a brand-new book out called Jump Man. It chronicles the young Michael Jordan, a, a young African-American athlete who becomes the black standard uh, for those that are selling and doing, how he became that, and the, the platform that provided it, like the Garden. We're going to have Johnny Smith uh, join us in the 9 o'clock to talk about that. It's an interesting stage to set for a brand-new superstar. Hey, we got more to talk about with the Cow boys Jerry speaks and man he's upbeat for a team that just lost <laughs> it's a hard you're on 94 one San love Antonio it. sports star it's the Mike McCarthy
0: show every Friday morning at 645 and nine with R in the morning do you like a certain amount of chaos conflict is good yeah. yes I guess I do you know I like healthy chaos I don't like the BS <laughs> a look at the Cowboys upcoming game presented by AA best bail bonds and 94 one San Antonio sports star R&R in the morning on ninety-four-one San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, good morning
4: to you. Top of the morning to all. It is R&R in the morning. We are just a prologue, past is prologue to a full sporting day. You got Greeny coming on after us. You got uh, the jungle. Yep. Rome. Welcome you got the, to blitz, the jungle. Which I'd like to commend, Joe, on having to come back and sit in the studio that I have muddied up for the last week and a half. Good to have those guys back together over the last couple of days. I saw Jason out at Worst Fest last night.
3: Yeah, with Brock. I don't know if they were with the ladies or not, but I just saw Jason and Brock together with
4: two or three pitches. And that was pitches. A,
3: a lot of pitchers for two dudes. And um, from what I'm told, inflation hit Worst Fest too. So, yeah, that's what everybody's been saying, but such. But lie. I mean, who cares? I'm not. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying to have that many between those two.
4: And I would pay just about any price for a fried pork chop on a stick. Yeah, I, 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 I mean,
3: the <laughs> only thing about it is like I'm not that big of a beer guy any long, more, so I got to go out there to just to eat.
4: Uh, I got not, to
3: imbibe just a little bit of that dark brown German beer. Come on, yeah, I would have some. I would have some. It makes me so sleepy. It's no like drinking know. a loaf of bread. But it's getting, I, I, that, they, that, but boom, mic drop. It's like drinking a loaf of bread. It's like I just feel bloated. Yeah, it's, it's good. And if I
4: don't stop, I get sleepy. But then if it, I stop, I get sleepy. Well, what keeps me up on the way home are the burps and the farts. See, Jesus. that's, I mean, it just keeps what? us, it keeps the whole car up. <laughs> it keeps, it, the whole it, car it keeps up. us all safe because the, uh, that beer is coming back up. Yeah, it's Or one out one way or the
3: uh, other. Yeah, up or out. One and, of the two. Uh,
4: <laughs> unfortunately, the doctor Jesus. the beer makes for an interesting evening. Yeah. You ever done a Dutch oven, Rudy? What's that? You want to prove your love to your your wife's love for you? Oh yeah! Offer her the Dutch oven. No, I'm not. Doing I that. tell my boys if they will survive that, you got yourself you got a your keeper. keeper. You got one that you can take home to mom because trust me, it happened to her. <laughs> yeah, the Dutch oven. <laughs> I want someone to love me the way Jerry loves Dak. Does he, love churnies, Dak? does he love, love Dak? I don't know. Or does he love him just for the cameras? Hey, he can get you where he wants to go, right? This is Jerry talking about his number four quarterback.
1: Even though Steele still had a tough day out there, and those were a lot of pressures on Dak. I think I saw where that's the most pressures we've had on him. just shows again what kind of game he played. It was outstanding, the game that he played. Uh, we should be able to get there if Dak will play games like that. Now I know that's an, maybe a little uh, different thing to hear from me, but if Dak can have those kinds of games, we can I think get where we want to be this year.
3: He's right. I, I, the, I, let me tell you why I don't agree with that. Ooh, I don't understand. Well, are we gonna? Are we calling that Dak's best game of this season? Um, yes. Yes. yes without, okay. without hesitation. Without hesitation, Dak's best game. Was it Ferguson's best game? Mm, no. Yes. No. What other I think games he he's had a better game. No. no. Okay. Uh, okay, so to go along
4: with the argument. Yes.
2: Yeah. He had
3: a great game. He did. CD Lamb's best game. Oh by far. Okay. And they lost. Yeah. They lost. They did. So, you have three of your offensive players. Your three your main three weapons, Dak cuz Pollard's not a weapon thus far. Pop, I mean, Dak, Ferg, CD. Best games of the season and they lost. So, when Jerry says, well, if he's going to play like that, well, we can get where we want to go. Can you? Well, I mean, yeah. Can you? I mean, you had your best game, and he lost. You're
4: right. From 30,000 feet flying over the football stadium, you're right. But when you get down to the sidelines, it is a planted foot three inches sooner. It is an (laughs) interference call before a left knee went down, though a right knee could have easily gone down. It was
3: past interference.
4: And even if it had been interference, if the right knee lands, it's just a millisecond before the left knee, and it was a football move and all those dumb rules. That gets you the win. So, for 30,000, you're right. Despite best efforts, they still didn't beat them. They still didn't win. When you come down there, you look at six points, three visits in the red zone, which is its own issue. I get why Jerry says what he's saying, well, but this just furthers the narrative of Dak. There's always the what about. There's always but this, and there's always but that. And here we sit again. Uh,
3: it's five and three a good record?
4: Yes. It, it, is. Is. it is? It is. It's a good
3: record. It okay. is enough to say you're on the right track. Only, I'm only asking that because Dave, David Hellman tweeted out a, a hell of a stat about that. On third downs this season, Dak's completing 75%, averaging 9.7 yards per recept, per attempt, and his passer rating is 118.7. That leads the NFL in all three categories. So he's the best quarterback in the NFL on third down, and
4: they're 5-3. Well, you know, Mike will be the first to tell you that stats are for the offseason. Whatever the hell that means. Um, but it's an indictment. It is. I don't. I don't know what
3: to make of that stat because again, I'm, again, if we're saying that five and three is a good record, then hey, that's a huge part of it. But if we're saying five and three is, eh, if it's okay, then and he's playing this way, and again, I'm sure Jerry knows these numbers. Jerry's a smart guy. Jerry has. He's privy to these numbers that we just spouted off, and you still lost the two biggest games of the season. So what does it all mean? It feels very Tony Romo ish. And all I'm saying is, when my guy was doing not these types of things, like oh, the most fourth quarter comebacks and all this other regular season awards, everybody's like, yeah, but you know, I why, like we just, football. yeah, like just like what you just said, Rob is like a yeah, but like okay, yes, he's clearly one of the best quarterbacks on third down, had his best game of the season this past week, and yet they still found a way to lose. That feels like Tony Romo all over again. And then we didn't even bring up the
4: two balls on the ground that they didn't get. I mean, there's just oh, so many. Yeah. It was many a weird game. S- and but and that again but still, in but, every game that like we're talking about, in every big game, you go down the list of but you know, this and then and then, you know, he had to deal with that and you know, he should have it it just sums up what will be the conversation about Dak until he gets to where Jerry's talking about. Until he wins that but game. But he does always- have to play like that. I
3: know what Jerry meant, but I'm just like, Okay, Jerry, but Look but, at all we have a lot of data that says he plays like this quite often, and there's nothing good has come of it. But he, I guess, I'm not I'm, philosophically Jerry's right, but you hit it. But it, on it doesn't the head mean yesterday. anything.
4: He won't do that. He that kind of game. If we had come to the realization, or or. Dak had reached a level where that kind of game was the expected and not the surprise. Then the conversation would be different. But as well as Dak played, I fully expect him to have a two interception game in the next three weeks. You know, it's just that's Dak. So until like- we stack games like this and he does win one or two, then we'll say, okay, you got to do it in the playoffs. And then after he does in the playoffs, then we'll still say until you got a ring, man. We're always gonna—you'll never get the benefit of the doubt. You're always gonna get the deficit of the doubt. I, the the quarterback position
3: is such a tricky position, and I'm saying that because he has okay. They had they had possession 29 minutes, so 28 minutes. Dak was outstanding, but then there's one minute where he steps out of bounds. Then there's another part of that minute where he misses Jake Ferguson on 4th and 8. Then there's another part of that minute where he misses Brandon Cooks for a touchdown. So, 28 minutes of greatness does it outweigh 1 minute of what in the hell are you thinking? It should, right? If we're no. in a fair world, in a fair world, 28 minutes
4: should outweigh 1 minute of bad play. Unfortunately, quarterbacks should judge like air traffic controllers. You don't get a mistake. You don't. You just. You can't operate under the assumption that you get one because you don't. Air traffic controllers go. Well, I was but eight to ten. you really
3: like think about that. Like he had twenty eight minutes where he was fantastic. But then there's three plays. Mm-hmm. There's three plays where it's just like, how do you step out of bounds? How do you miss Jake Ferguson and Brandon Cooks, who you all have talked about trying to get the balls wide open for a touchdown, and you throw it to Schoolmaker. So one minute of play. Erases twenty-nine minutes, twenty-eight
4: minutes of greatness. And it separates him That's, from first ballot hall of fame. It does to seem like maybe he deserves to get in on his last year of eligibility. That's right. the separator point. And so much of it is when it happens. You know, that last drive was phenomenal, but keep in mind prior to that they went backwards. Oh, right. I mean, right, they were right, on right, the right. six, the next thing we know, are on the thirty-five, and a lot of it's not his fault, but dude, you went backwards. Now that last drive, wow. Now they you took what they gave you well, to lose the game, but wow! Well, you so. got to pass
3: it. First of all, I think Dak baited Bradbury into that pass interference. I think that's which is yes. which is heads. Up. See, that's what I'm saying. Like there's plays where I'm like Dak, that was awesome because he knew there was no chance that Gallup was gonna catch that ball, but he was like, you know, or was it CD? I don't remember who the receiver was, but he was like, I'm just gonna throw it into Bradbury's back because I know his sorry ass ain't gonna turn around exactly, and I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this pass interference. That was all on Dak. All on Dak. So, again, I see moments of greatness. And instead
4: of framing the argument, despite Dak's best day, C.D. did all this. And they they still lost. lost. It should be because Dak had his best day, C.D. had a great day. Right. And the argument about who's catching all the balls, I just find silly. That's an argument Do for losers. Yes. If you completed, let's say Dak threw for 450 yards and completed 23 of 25 or whatever the number you want to give, and it was all to one dude. Do you care? Well, he was open, That's so all I threw it to him.
3: So you're just saying, like, who gives a damn if Cooks ain't getting the ball if we're winning? Uh, if
4: that's the argument you have for losers. Yeah. Well, he didn't get the ball. Well, look, I completed a pass on that down. You noticed right. that, right? We'll continue talking that. And the Cowboys, man, oh, man. Uh, We're going to have to pay close attention to that offensive line. Jerry's going to continue to talk, and we're going to talk about the run game issues when we next speak of the Cowboys, and that'll be at 7.15. Wemby sits comfortably in New York City today. We're going to look at the previous stars, Get a what Wimby. they have done. And Get hey, baby. hey, the Final Four, as it sits in college football, sits comfortable. Let's look at that next. This is R&R. You're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, it's R and R in the morning here on San Antonio's Sports Star. Uh, those few that did get out and vote yesterday, thanks for doing your civic duty. And as the husband to a retired teacher, I'd like to thank you for the positive <laughs> vote, as that was one of the uh, 13 to 14 it always comes that Always back passed, to Rob's payroll, and, you know, y'all. politics is always <laughs> local, as my daddy told me. And uh, local, there's nothing more local than my wallet. Hey Rob, we got a payroll to meet y'all, <laughs> <laughs> and it never goes away. Ever. The uh, Final Four, as it sits today, was yeah. We got to dive into this more next college hour. Football poll. We're going to look very closely pick. at possibilities. Yeah, I got some. I want to pick on some people. And you know, this when
3: I say weird. some people, I'm talking about Texas.
4: <laughs> <laughs> is it some people or you people? I want to pick on some people. Uh, for you, it's some people. For me, it's you people. Yeah, you wanna, longhorn people. I want to pick on you people. <laughs> Me and Edwin, Minnix.
3: I don't pick on Pledger because Pledger is the realist. You know, he, he, he calls a spade a spade when it comes to longhorns. Edwin and Minnix are homers. They just, you know, like, no, nah, we're not doing blind that. Blind faith. Yeah, blind faith. I'm not having that. I got I to gotta touch them up. What time are we doing that? 7.30? Yeah, ish? we're going to
4: do that 7.30-ish. Right. And here's the order of events. We do our silver and black at 7. Mark your calendars and your clocks, because you can count on that daily. Silver and black coming around the corner. Wimby's in the Garden. We'll look at both the famous and the infamous performances in the Garden's history and what it means to young NBA stars to step onto the platform that is the Garden and look back at some of the pass jerry continues to talk and we're always listening that run game's got issues we'll hear about that and his offensive line and his love for his right tackle because he's just getting better and better every day
3: uh, the steel situation is everything that i'm hearing from them rob lets me know they're going to do nothing and he's just going to have to get better. That's right. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, he's had to to pull himself up by his bootstraps. It is what it is. Put you know? <laughs> your big
4: boy pants on. Let's go to work. And for big boy pants' sake, if you are listening to us right now on okay. a device and you have not taken the millisecond that is required for you to subscribe, then what the hell are you doing? Uh, if you're not subscribed, yeah. go ahead and click there. Do, Do the things that are required to keep us employed. Hey, we'll be back <laughs> talking real. Spurs. Wimby's into gardening. We're looking at it from every angle. That's next. It's R and R. You're on ninety four one, San Antonio Sports Star.
1: It's O six hundred. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Wait
0: You don't believe the other way in transition to the point. Oh. left I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else
2: would you settle this game? How
3: about this, Begin yeah. each day as if it were on
0: purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star.
4: Good morning to you. Good
3: morning, good morning.
4: That's Rudy. He's the reason you're up. I'm here too, is Rob. That's easy E on the other side now sharing his domicile after weeks of bachelorhood. Uh busy hour. Spurs in New York.
3: They are in New York, the greatest city on earth, no? You can make it
4: there, I'm told. No, I don't know. I have a feeling that Wimby would beg to differ. He from uh People look
3: good in a Nick uniform.
4: And Paris has a New York vibe. <laughs> Paris has it. See, I've never been. Or to Paris. maybe the well, New York says it? It has a Paris vibe, as the Parisians might say. <laughs> so, but do the
3: French like New York? I'm. I'm oh man, it a, are they like joining? French they, don't like is anything. Is it because Paris and New York are like fashion capitals?
4: There's there's the arrogance. Is it that? Is no, that? it carries the arrogance of they both believe they're the center of the universe. Oh, okay, and In many instances they're right. But there is that attitude that, of course, they feel that way. And Victor, the biggest thing coming out of Paris and the French attitude, um, landing in New York is a perfect match for what will be an extraordinary night of basketball. As he is unveiled, why they got to put us on ESPN though? Like, yeah, that, that was
3: it. That was that was by design, right? Like that just lets you know like what it means for a, a Garden debut. Yes. Like all the hype surrounding Wimby
4: ESPN was like, we want that one. We'll take that. Uh, Before we get into what our expectations should be, realistic or not, um, if you were a pop and let's say uh, that Wimby was kind of like. Don't you say it. Remember Shaq in Blue Chips? What? Shaq was like barefoot in a barn and didn't know. You know what I'm talking about? He was in the swamps of Louisiana. So let's say Wimby didn't know. That he was about, he is as great as Wimby is, but he is sheltered to the point he didn't know what the garden meant. In the, it's one of those unwritten rules in basketball: you got to bring it if you can bring it, you bring it to the garden. Would you tell him, or would you let him just go play? Would do you want him to know the magnitude of the moment? No, I wouldn't tell him. And it's, and I liken it to,
3: um, for those that are new to how you handled it when I was doing my interview. He, Rob called me up. He said, Hey, man, come by the station. This is, you know, two years ago. Come by the station. I want you to meet a few people. I come in, you know, laid back, feet up, arms crossed, just kicking back. It wasn't until I walked into the fourth office <laughs> that I realized Rob is putting me through a damn interview. But it was genius in the fact that he didn't want me coming in with my guard up, answering questions all studio. Like he just went, Hey, I want, he won in his mind. He's like, I want them to meet the guy that I know. So, with that said, answer the. I liken it to that, Rob. Like if if he didn't know the magnitude, I'm not gonna tell him. So I'm you're just not gonna, gonna tell him. Just come play. I just want you to just come play. Let's let's say Wimby has no idea what he's walking into tonight. If I'm Pop, I'm not gonna walk up to him and be like, Hey, man, you see this guy right here? This guy's named Willis Reed. This guy named Kobe Bryant. One time he dropped 62, and then nine days after Kobe dropped 62, LeBron came in and dropped 50 and almost had a triple double. Like this is a place of holy grail. Like you can hear the ghost. When the music's not on, dude, you're I'm giving not, me the chills you know right saying? now. I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that to the kid. But I have a feeling because he's such a student and because he's been groomed for this since he was 14, he knows. I take a moment, literally.
4: I want, I, I turn the pressure up. I really do. <laughs> you would? If I'm pop, I take him in there and I go, this, this hallway is for the greats. This, the, there's a place that I think is for you. I, and I want to put a picture right next, and that Pop I want loves you to New York. We oh, know Pop, lo- Tony Parker loved, always loves th- New York, and think of, out of Paris. See those yeah. guys when they think of the NBA, right. th- that's the games they see. Not they don't get to see the Tuesdays in Milwaukee when right. Giannis wasn't there. They see the games in the Garden. So right. I think he gets it, but I want, I want to turn the pressure up on Victor. I, I want to see what it. Where his altitude is. Can the pressure we can be any
3: higher than it already is? I mean, well, that's a no good matter, point. No matter what he well does, said. like, I mean, again, I'm sure tonight, I, I I can't, look, I haven't watched a pregame on ESPN in years. Mm-hmm. The only pregame I watch is TNT. But tonight, I got to. I got to watch the pregame tonight. I got to watch the halftime tonight. And I got to watch the postgame tonight because it's Wimby. And again, I don't even rock with ESPN's pre post and, and the halftime crew. But I will be tonight. You know, Stephen A's going to be on board. Oh, Greeny's working late. He won't work tomorrow. Greeny's working. This is a thing. I don't remember the last time being this excited for game seven or eight of the regular season. And And this is even even in Tim's
4: heyday. I wasn't excited for game seven of the NBA season. And think of the responsibilities above and beyond just the game that he's going to play tonight. Because I'm sure he's waking up this morning, and his first meeting is with a Nike publicist and the Nike you think dudes. Think so? Oh, are you kidding me? Oh, you took me to that Nike place. He is like to, four stores. Yeah, he is. He's going to spend some time at that Nike store. Yeah, he he took to. me up there, that and I imagine dope. that store and that corner are festooned in silver and black. I, I, it is the time for the unveiling. So his day starts early, I, but I would have him there as his coach, as his mentor, and I want him to see the garden quiet. I want him to envision. I want to see it? I wa- oh, I want, I, I want to see this kid that I have seen so far respond to the moment. I want to see what he's doing. And the moment in the history of the NBA has proven that the greats play great there. And the list just is ridiculous of the guys, including Josh Giddy, <laughs> of, of the guys that stepped onto that floor the first time. Well, I'm looking at it. Their starting centers, Mitchell Robinson.
3: So Mitchell Robinson or Julius Randall is going to be on him. Now Mitchell Robinson, he's not. He ain't little. He's a seven footer. Mm-hmm. But but if he leaves the paint, he's a victim. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I think they may put Julius on him. What I'm saying is, they ain't, I mean, I, hell, that's is pretty much every night. There's not anybody the Knicks are going to be able to throw in front of him that if he's on his game, that should be able to slow him down.
4: The numbers behind his success are ridiculous. As a rookie, he leads the Spurs in every tangible category. Already? <laughs> Points, score, rebounds, <laughs> sis. I mean, just uh, as a rookie, it's unprecedented. Well, I mean, it's not unprecedented, but the likes of which yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what are saying. on the list of those that showed up. Mm. Well, Dave, 27
3: and 6, Timmy, 25 and 10. Let's just stick to the big men. Hakeem thirty and twenty-five. <laughs> which is so
4: stupid. I can't stop saying that. When Duncan walked on the court. And Duncan's first title came in the garden. It did. Twenty five, ten, two and one. Daves too. No. The bronze first game, twenty two five and three, which is I think the number that is gonna be most appropriate to wear. Yeah, see,
3: now, let me see, 2009, Kobe went for 61 in there. Now, 2009, he had already been in the league 13 years. So, that again, I'm trying to be fair to him because some of these iconic performances happened later on in these guys' careers. It wasn't, there. Uh, you know, I'm asking this kid to go in there and have a Kobe performance while he's 19.
4: While Kobe was 19, he was sitting at the end of the bench with the Lakers. We saw what he's capable of against Phoenix. He can fall into 30. He really can because it's a guy that's not going to take anything that's not available. And everything that he took on in that Phoenix game, especially in the fourth, was all just available to him. And you just mentioned there's not a lot of guys on this Nick team that are built to defend Wimby. And if he's hitting a jump shot, it, he could have one of those nights. Now, the last five quarters that this Spurs team has played played led by this kid, have been as bad a five-quarters of basketball as Greg Popovich has ever coached. and Not necessarily his fault, but the output. They've lost two games by 40 points in the last six days. He has lost the biggest lead, uh, the second-largest lead of his career in the fourth quarter, where he lost at home against Toronto. It has not been the kind of week that is the springboard into greatness. But there's something about the Knicks that seems to cure what ails the greats. Well,
3: look, the problem, one of the bigger problems that they have right now is what's going to happen at the point guard position mm-hmm. and Jalen Brunson, um, while this, it looks weird and I know that nobody really takes him serious, the kid's a problem and I don't know if Malik. I don't know if I trust Malachi Branham on him because last, you know, because the Devin Vassell is out, Malcolm Branham has been starting and I, I, I can see Jalen Brunson abusing him in the pick and roll and. However else you want to, well, however else you want to, you know, say he can be abused. So it's that's still an issue. Uh, Not still. That's still yeah, an issue. to on go. Keldon's gonna have either kelden I'm gonna say Keldon. Keldon's gonna have his hands full with Julius Randle. Because I think Wimby's gonna be on Mitchell Robinson because they don't run plays for him and he can kind of float there. But Keldon's gonna have his hands full. Julius Randle's a bucket. Him and him and Brunson trying to get on the same page because Brunson takes a lot
4: of shots. So does Julius. And then you got Quickly, who got last I saw in San Antonio got 40 on us. I forgot about that game. Now, that's a different team, different thing. But uh, I do know that that when a man... No, Quickly ain't over there anymore. uh, He's over there, but he comes off the bench right now. When he sees the silver and black, the guy's ready to play because he ate us alive last year. So I imagine he'll get some minutes. And you brought up Jalen Brunson, and there is a thing that a lot of people don't realize. You know, when you're as big as Wimby is... Not only do you have to learn to play against guys your own size, mm-hmm. it is that much harder to play against guys that are smaller. You're just not used to having to do some things that he's going to have to do because I guarantee you, I'm trying to put him in a high pick and roll guarding Brunson. I want to see Brunson on him out high. But you know what? I, you know what Rob? I, I thought about that,
3: but prior to the season, I was like, man, I don't know how he's going to handle himself in the pick and roll, but due to the fact that he does put his he gets his ass down. And his mm-hmm. reach, like I don't think most people want that problem out on perimeter because he doesn't have to get up on you because of the reach. So I'm not worried about Wimby. I'm more worried about everybody else in the well, pick and roll than I am Wimby. Wimby's defense to me, whether it's on the perimeter, was it the paint, elbow extended, or wherever, I think he's fine. Even out, even way out there in in no man's land, I think he's fine because of the reach.
4: Everything I do on offense is to get Wimby out of the paint. Yeah, because then he can't
3: rebound. Every, he can't block a shot. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, everything. So I, if if I got him on process, Brunson out yeah, there, it's a win. Yeah, if that's if, the thought process. Then it's a win because okay, now the you know the Spurs cannot
4: rebound when Wimby's not in the paint. They just don't. So everything I do. So I would think it's he's more apt to not even see Mitchell Robinson. I'm not even sure he, I have him on the court. Oh, I don't know how I play so what with you're a, saying is with the a post that's planted in the paint. I just don't know how I. Well, then who's going to guard Wimby?
3: If, I think if it's going to be a Randall. I think, gonna think you're going to. Bu- I, I put Randall him on
4: him and I beat him up. That's my plan. It's mm. a lot of
3: work for Randall. It, it is. And they need him to score, too. It,
4: it is live tonight on ESPN, the unveiling as if he. Uh, does what is expected. The Spurs maybe be able to turn around the Schneide That has not been pretty. Separate and apart. Let's not get lost in the fact of how bad the Spurs have looked. And a lot of it has to do with Devin Vassell So he is going in. Yeah, what's the realistic with, expectations without him? Without him, we've seen the output. Because I think it's a domino effect. Sohead doesn't have anybody to throw to. Devin doesn't draw the double team because he's the the second best shooter on the team. So Wimby gets lost, and this domino of the offense just sputtering begins with Devin, though it's really about Sohan. But Sohan lost the piece that has affected Victor. And that's going to be the, the, the coaching move we see from Pop. Because I don't think this Malachi Brenham thing's working.
3: Or, or I, I no, might find no, somebody do, else to
4: sit in. Are you no, passing, just, you passing no, Jeremy's? Inaptness. No, to no, Malachi? no. I'm just talking. There's a place for Malachi, but right now his numbers as a starter in place of Devin Vassell hasn't been good. I think the him coming off the bench is just much more appropriate to the game that we want him to play. Maybe we find a maybe you sacrifice. See, McBuckets, if he could play any defense at all, should be playing. Should be starting. Well, but he, Rob,
3: it, the way I look at it right now, nobody can. Like I no, can't you're even, right. I can't even put it on McBuckets. Nobody on the team has played well defensively. Well, there is that. And because so like, we're if stacking they, if problems. We all, if we all go suck on defense, I'd rather have the shooter out there. <laughs> With 150, ain't nobody playing defense. That ain't on no Dougie. So I, I might as well put the shooter
4: out there if we k d D up, hell. Uh, we'll know the the uh, predicate of the team, how they've prepped by, it. I think, the way that they're acting pregame. Because right. it is a stage. You think Pop's going to be in sweats or you're going to be dressed up tonight? Sweats. Think so? Sweats. We are continuing to talk about that. We're going to really talk about the gravity of the game with an author of a brand-new book that's hitting the stands just in time for Christmas. It's about the great Michael Jordan. But in a broader sense, Jim, Johnny Smith looks at Jordan in, in kind of the with the backdrop of his ascendance as one of the great African-American athletes and how he became that brand. But it all began early in his career with uh, performances like he offered in the garden. Johnny Smith is going to join us just after 8.30 and look at what this means to Wimby and his brand by those that have done it in the past. It's a great conversation. You don't want to miss it, and that's going to be at 8.30. Coming up, I'll tell you what, the... uh The love affair between Jerry and Dak Prescott sometimes gets thin. You wonder if it's going to last, but uh, things he has to say about his quarterback are refreshing after a loss. And And still, we got to. And what do you do with a tackle that is not living up to his contract and is still dealing with an injury, and you don't have a backup? I think that's the situation Jerry is in, and he's going to tell you about it. Hold on, Jerry talks. We listen next. It's R and R. You're on ninety four one, San Antonio Sports Star.
0: Check out the Jim Rome Show, weekdays and noon. If you're San Antonio, there are benefits that come along with it. I will cut you to the front of the line. We're going to hype the return. On one San Antonio Sports Star.
4: It's R&R here on San Antonio Sports Star. Got an author coming your way. He's a man of letters. Johnny Smith got a brand new book for you Jordan fans called Jump Man. We're putting that as the backdrop as Jordan made his name in the garden as so many of the greats did. Victor Wimbayama makes his entree onto the world stage tonight playing in the garden against the Knicks in a nationally televised game. I think Johnny Smith will make uh, an interesting argument for how he joins the greats. Um, Go ahead. No, we're going to talk about it. I was going to Something crossed my mind as I was watching. Is pickleball a sport? I want y'all to just think about that for a second. It's on TV. I saw Dirk Nowitzki playing it last night.
3: Huge tournament going on. A lot of guys that are in the pros own pickleball teams. It's a great investment right now. But does that but mean it's a sport? Are we gambling on
4: pickleball? Are there
3: numbers out on? I would think I, I can see. Look, I, I can see it becoming an Olympic sport. Well, ballroom dancing is an
4: Olympic sport.
3: I mean, don't don't poo poo on the Olympics, sir. I I'm just saying, but there's a difference between sport and activity. Is it a sport or is it an activity? I think that's worthy of social. Uh, I mean cuz
4: I'm sure you, I could play foursquare at a high level.
3: Don't do that. Foursquare was awesome. Flat tire. I,
4: I I'm all of that. Airmail, all of it. But no, I feel little, like this is kind of like no, four pick, square on no, a professional pickle, level.
3: Pickleball's a little bit more athletic. You need to have a little bit more athleticism for pickleball. Have you ever played?
4: No, I haven't. You sweat.
3: So You're moving I, around Do you? Because it
4: doesn't now. look like you move a whole lot. No, you move. I'm sure there's people out there mad at me right now. And so what? But isn't it? I mean, a, a sport and an activity are so wild. It doesn't mean you can't sweat during an activity. <laughs> but is tetherball next? Are we going to have no, professional tetherball, level tetherball?
3: Tetherball, you stand in one spot. Pickleball, you actually have to move laterally. What two steps? I'm, I'm serious. I'm well, not. Uh, well, look. Are you playing doubles or single? I don't if know. If you're playing single, I... you moving. Now if doubles, you're not moving around much. But is pickleball a sport or an activity? I I, I don't want to. Can you drink, while you drink while you're playing it? Now, see, this is the thing. The last couple of times I went out to this establishment that we have that kind of started off for San Antonio. There's a lot of people that go there like the top golf guy. Like there's a top golf guy that takes his own clubs, which if you take your own, I, I'm standing on this. <laughs> I'm standing on this and I don't care if y'all don't like it. If you take your own club to top golf, you are, in fact, a douche. <laughs> That's a fact. But if they're that is a Cool fact. clubs that make that you is look a good. Fact. You look like you, like especially like if you, you imagine like hey honey um you know I'm interested in you you want to go on a date sure I like you too Rudy all right well, let's go to Top Golf we got drinks we have food you know cool and your ass shows up with <laughs> your own bag she gonna start texting her girls right away girl he brought his own bag anyway but. <laughs> I digress. And afterward, we're going
4: to Cheesecake Factory. uh, It's going to be a fun night. When I
3: go to to the pickleball place we have, there are people, like, dressed, like, like, ready to go, their own racket, their own balls. I'm like, yo, what are y'all doing? I thought this was, I thought we were chilling. I thought we were having a little chicken on a steak, a couple sandwiches, a couple beers. Like, y'all came in here dressed.
4: With, like, racket bags and towels gloves. Yeah. You know, and that's so different from a basketball court. If a dude shows up in full uniform, don't pick him. Yeah, exactly. That's just uh, dudes that show up in full coutrement matching from top to bottom. You don't want to put those guys. They ain't any good. Yeah. But in pickleball, if they got the rag in the back it.
3: We're going to talk about this throughout the show. Is it a sport or an activity? Yeah, I'm going to put it on socials. It's certainly growing. I know right tackle is a (laughs) right tackle is a sport.
4: You know, you always hear the story about people learning to swim by the dad just throwing them in the pool. Like, if you can get out, congratulations, you know how to swim. You get the sense that that's kind of where Terrence Steele is right now. Uh, Jerry talked about his right tackle, and you get the sense that there's no help coming around. This is what it is. This is Jerry on Mr. Steele.
1: You know the way to get him help limits, we all know that, it limits your offense by a man when you're adding some additional help to it. When you're trying to scheme that up, you're going short someplace. And so um, uh, uh, their strength, their strength in my mind, is their defensive line. They've got a good team, but their strength is their defensive line. So um, uh, you can second guess leaving him uh, on an island, but uh, I'm I'm going to use that term. I don't really think he's on an island, but uh, uh, he did struggle, but I'm glad we've got him. And... uh, uh, I've, uh, to balance that, of course, we uh, know what Tyron Smith did over there, for, which is just unbelievable—not to practice anymore—but shows what who he is. And then we had That's good play all the way subject. down the rest of the way. There, Smith and and our Bidez and and uh, of course Mark. So uh, uh, our offensive line. Uh, wait! Stop, uh, it. stop, <laughs> it. stop <laughs> it! Wait!
4: Wait! Wait! wait. Let the man
1: finish. That's their defensive line. <laughs>
4: Wait a minute. Wait, no, 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 no. Let him Screw finish. Screw the take.
3: Forget the take. If the segment's gone, <laughs> did he? I can mispronounce names all day long. That's fine. It happens.
4: I can't say nothing.
3: I mispronounce names all day long. Did I... the, you see Edwin laughing? Did he call Tyler Beatish by that? He did. <laughs> wait, wait. Maybe
4: he's right. Maybe we've been pronouncing it wrong. No, right. I'm pretty sure it's Beatish. And badass even sounds better than bite Did he say bite-ass? Let's Let's check wait, the tape. Wait. This is like one of those <laughs> Geico commercials. Let's go back and check the tape. I can't even
3: talk about Do you, do you know your sinner's name, wait, Jerry? who's
4: right? Is it bite It's biadish.
3: Are we sure? Positive. Well, he Jerry cuts his check. He might know something we no, don't know. No, Jerry
4: can say whatever the hell he wants. It's Beatish? It is definitely beyond See, we took it and we, we said Tyler. Uh, he batter. did
1: struggle, but I'm glad we've got him. Okay. And uh, uh, I've, uh, to balance that, of course, we uh, know what Tyron Smith did over there, okay. which is just unbelievable not to practice anymore, but shows what who he is. And then we had good play all the way down the rest of the way there, Smith. And and our and, and, uh Bades. <laughs> well, it got worse. Wait, he called him and then we had good play all the way down the rest of the way There, Smith and, and our Bydes
3: and. <laughs> <laughs> wait time out before I make fun are we sure Jerry's not saying it right Bydes, I'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, can't even, I can't even get to Terrence still because I heard that now I don't know how I missed that this morning listening to because in the morning when I'm listening to the text, I'm trying to figure out a way that we could talk around it and, like, you know, make an opinion of it. I'm not even paying attention that to he said by this.
4: He's obviously looking he's at just it. just unbelievable not to
1: practice anymore, but shows what, who he is. Well, and then we had good play all the way down the rest of the way there, Smith and and our by days.
4: Smythe and –
3: I need you to grab Baez just by itself so we don't have to hear the other three seconds just Baez by, by itself but no, all kidding aside, on the Terrence Steel front Rob, <laughs> what they're telling us is because he said, look if we give him help, then that takes a, a player away from being able to get out you know, and, and do something different so basically what they said was, look Jerry's like, I paid you a lot of money you're going to figure it out and he's got to say, look, we're happy to have him you have to say that, I got. you just paid him because if you're saying, if you feel like, hey, you know what, we messed up, you you know, you can't say that right now after, you know, a month after just paying the man. So I get it. But they're also saying we're not going to help him.
4: It's going to hurt our offense if we do. That's that is what concerns me. You know, in the old Star Trek movies, when Kirk would, you know, radio down to the engineering room and scotty would be like, I got it wired together like a Christmas tree down here. Don't ask for anything else. Right. You got the owner saying, you know, we can't afford to take anybody away from anything else. We're barely hanging on as it is. I pay,
3: you're, the top, you're a top-ten-pay right tackle. You got to
4: figure you're it gonna out. You're going to have to do it yourself, man. There ain't no help coming, and there ain't no chips coming, which is a dumb thing to say. So you're just going to sacrifice your offense because your right tackle is well, getting roasted? I we think, ain't
3: offering help. Come on. We I know think they Jerry's are. I basically saying, look, we're not going to see defensive lines like Phillies every week. And we'll address it again when we play a team with a good defensive line.
4: Well, let's hope we don't turn teams defensive lines into Philly every week because right. oh, I of, got you. of steel. Yeah, yeah uh well which is an equally daunting proposition uh, the college football poll is basically unchanged the eights that had a pop possibility last week continue to have that we know that there is an imminent reckoning in the big 10 what else is going to have to shift to change things from where they are well let's look at the playoff and who are the one-loss teams that have a legitimate shot you might be surprised at those that don't We'll talk about that next. It's R&R, and r you are on 94.1 San Antonio
0: Sports Star. It's almost that time. Home for the holidays. Get your mortgage or rent paid for an entire year. Increase your chance of winning by also getting your friends entered socially. Make this holiday season the best ever. Just visit sasportstar.com and get signed up. One national winner could win up to $18,000 and pay their rent or mortgage in 2024. Official rules and sign up at sasportstar.com. Music R&R in the morning on one San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, good morning
4: to you. Top of the morning to all. It's R&R here on San Antonio Sports Star. And to them that listen, there are great benefits. I can't really quantify them now, but you are a better person. You should stand tall with your chest out, walking around and say, you listen to R&R every morning. That's just something that should happen. And if people ask you to prove it, you should be able to say, here is my subscription. This is my, I have subscribed to R&R. Yay, the star in general. It's the star. But it's really for us. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. And the Blitz is pretty good, too. Mm. If you you like that kind of thing. Which we do. I do. Uh we've got tickets to give away for your Dallas Cowboys on Monday morning at seven. During our silver and black at seven spot, every morning at seven, you can expect the Spurs. Uh, we're gonna avoid Dallas Cowboy tickets on Monday morning. So be here and the way you can ensure you're here is to get the notifications. You gotta get it. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. And we're giving away commanders tickets, uh well t- Cowboys tickets taking on those feared, but well dressed commanders uh for their next home game after the cowboys what you like to co- i like the Commanders' best uniform combos in all the nfl and, that, and it pains me to say it yeah it is all their uniforms the black looks good that even that all that all i'm not gonna call it maroon whatever they call it uh even that looks good yeah uh the uniform that will will be wearing uh or holding the trophy will right now probably be in red whether it be ohio state red or georgia red is that a a safe assumption as we sit today, because it does appear by the numbers, everybody's looking at those two as the best two teams in the country. Who, Georgia and Ohio State? Georgia, Ohio State. Fair. By the numbers. Uh, there was no change in our college football top 25. The top, top eight, eight remained where they were. And those are the only legitimate ones. Of all, we got five undefeated and we got a handful of one lost teams and some you can justify, some you can't. We know the Big Ten is going to work itself out. There's going to be a one-loss team coming out of the Big Ten, whether it be Ohio State or Michigan. I'm not sure. Well, it, it, won't, it may be undefeated. Well, there'll be one undefeated, one undefeated, right? right and there'll right, be one with a loss. Will that loss to an undefeated team place them ahead of an other one-loss teams because they will have lost to a team? That is in the final four. See what I'm saying? If there's a losing team in the Big Ten, by the way the numbers are put together now, you're telling me that the quality of the Pull team that you all lost right. to matters as much as the loss itself. Well, if you lose to a top four team, should you in fact fall out of the top four team? Because your only loss is to a top four team, which would place you ahead of all the teams that have had one loss for the entire year. See what I'm getting at?
3: Yeah. Well, the thing is, is of course, you got Bama sitting there at with one loss if they went out they're probably going to get in. they still have Kentucky, Chattanooga, then of course they have Auburn. They'll win all three of those games yes, and then they'll they play Georgia in the SEC title game and if Bama wins that game, then the SEC sending two teams cuz they're not going to kick Georgia. Does
4: Georgia, Georgia out. go all the way out because they're, they'll will we'll have no. lost to a team by the numbers that will be sub will be at like 7 or 8 probably. Cuz how are they are they going to jump somebody? In my opinion, and I because there's eye tests, right? Look,
3: look uh, this is what I'm going to say about Alabama. I know you're not going to like this, Edwin. James Menix. Since they lost to Texas, they've beaten number 15, Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. They've beaten number 17, Tennessee. They're throwing those Aggies. That was a tough one. <laughs> yeah, they're throwing the Aggies. And then they just beat number 14, LSU. What has Texas done since that win? they played one team worth a damn since they won, since they beat Alabama, it was OU and they lost. I could argue, even though they lost the head to head, if I'm just only reason why the committee, and there's a reason, trust me, there's a reason the committee has Alabama sitting right underneath Texas. Yep. That I promise you in that room, they're saying strength of schedule wise and just every week wise. And I know that was, that was a double digit game, but I'm just looking at it. I, I could could argue right now that they should jump up because of what's happened since. That was in September. When Nick Saban didn't even know who his quarterback was. In September, yes, Texas went into Alabama and won. But since, Alabama has beaten a very good Ole Miss team. A very, very good Ole Miss team that, well, hell, on the latest CFP, they're ranked number nine. So they've moved up. Mm -hmm. Tennessee's 13. LSU's 19. So they have three top 25 college football playoff ranking wins since the Texas loss.
4: That LSU win, they're the best team playing right now. So come
3: now. on now. I know what happened head-to-head in September. You know, in September, hell, I mean, what? it was still 107 degrees. How long are we going to allow Texas to hold on to that win? Because what else has Texas done since that? Not enough. Not enough. They, ain't done enough. Like, they haven't done anything since that win in September. There is not another good win on their schedule in two months. Kansas. Knock it off. They're ranked They're ranked 16th. They are. They are ranked 16th.
4: Kansas State's ranked two and they okay. just beat them. Just right, a well, the backup ask. quarterback.
3: Okay. okay, let's rank them. If, if Neutral Field, Kansas, or Ole Miss. Well, no, Ole Miss I'm asking better. you a question. Ole Miss is better. LSU or Kansas State? LSU has two All losses. Right. Uh, kansas state or lsu
5: lsu has three losses lsu well, but Or you take it
4: lsu all right see that doesn't that goes counter to what the, the the committee tells us though we i agree with you by the eye test but they're also telling us that at the time no matter I'm what that team you, Rob, was it does matter that even though OU has the since fallen that When you played, that team was really, really good by every estimation. So those early Notre Dame wins, while now don't look so good, they should matter a little bit more by the time that it was played, not by what you see in the rearview mirror.
3: Now, uh, if I'm Texas and I'm Alabama, I'm looking at Oregon. Well, here's the problem. uh, Oregon's
4: going to beat Washington. Oregon will beat Washington. They already lost to Washington. They're going to beat them in the uh, if they play oh, them again. Okay. Oregon will beat Washington. I have to look at now. We don't know how down. this shakes up, yeah. but I don't think there's an East and a West. I think they're playing title. Mm, there's what they have
3: a win over Utah. That's their signature win. They win, they beat a third, they beat Utah thirty-five to six. ranked. Wash, excuse me. Oregon plays USC this week, but is USC still a good win? No, but at the time. No, right now. I mean, they play USC this Saturday. Uh, won't be. if they if they beat USC. Is that a good win still?
4: No. Last time I saw USC, the quarterback was crying into his mom's arms. It's not. It won't be considered a. They just fired their DC. You better go score fifty. You know what I mean? Just to be average, yeah. just to be equal, you're gonna have to hang it on USC. It just they won't get the credit that it might be of. They might deserve. But what I'm saying is they're gonna be a one loss team in the Pac-12. Both of them, and they're not going. They're not the Pac-12 is it, it just doesn't work out for them. Yeah, if in fact they end up playing themselves
3: on the text line, I ain't gonna say the number because didn't put the name Texas beat Kansas and Kansas State. Y'all said SEC down this year. Now they're good again, and y'all said earlier not the same Alabama. That's fair. Just because they're down of, doesn't mean they're not as good. As of right now, I'm just going off the CFP. The SEC has three top ten teams: three, Georgia, Bama, and Ole Miss. And one of those top ten teams, Alabama beat. Facts. That's a fact. I don't know. What, I, there's nothing. That, I, there's nothing that I can do about that. But again, I, if you, if I'm being fair, Rob, I would have Washington ahead of Florida State. Matter of fact, take that back. I would have Washington at number three. I would have Ohio State. No, I would have Georgia. Then I would have Ohio State at two. I would have Washington at three, and I would have Florida State at four. Michigan would not be in my top four. I is have, that because of play or because, because of, of everything else? No, because of play. Because the CFP came out and told everybody last night, the CFP is not an investigation service. We have nothing to do with what's going on with mm-hmm. Michigan. If they're still eligible right now, they're still there. But I would have Michigan all the way at five. I might have Texas and Alabama. I definitely would have Texas ahead of Oregon. Because I feel like if we're – because obviously we putting a lot of weight on this Texas win over Bama, right? I don't feel like – I think or, a, a right? them out Okay, yes. right. So Texas has a better signature win than Oregon. So far. Right now. That's right, and that's all mm-hmm. I can do. So I would have Georgia, Ohio State, Washington, then Florida State, then Michigan, then Texas, Oregon, Alabama. That's how my top eight would play out. But I would still have Georgia one. But Michigan would not be in my top five, my top four. Washington's better than them, and I think Florida State has a better
4: resume than them as well. I think Florida State's resume is – is uh, It's decent, right? It's, it's,
3: not, it's, it's, it's,
4: it's not sexy, but it's decent. They're beating the teams handily that they should beat. And those yeah, teams yeah, yeah. have had good games that they've beaten against other teams. I think the measuring stick, we don't have a good one for Florida State, but I give them the benefit I don't of the doubt. Somebody has – does Michigan have a win? Not yet. Not one. I mean – it's the Big Ten. They're playing. They're beating who they're playing. I mean,
2: yeah.
3: And I hate that the committee gets to just throw them both in there off of being lazy because they know it's going to play itself out. But if you're really, if the if the committee was really doing their jobs, Michigan would not be in there.
4: See, I I, I, don't think I believe that Michigan. That play out. Go ahead. Boss. Is probably the best team in the country when they're playing Rob well. I do. I do, I do. There's something about that football team that it's next guy up. I can't tell the difference from their starter to their third string guy. They all look alike, and they just keep coming. I I get the sense that it's entirely possible that it could shake out that we got two Big Ten and two SEC teams, and it might be the legitimate four. If they let,
3: after the Ohio State and Michigan play, Again, you're
4: losing to a top fourteen. You
3: know why that won't happen? Because, again, they still play a Big Ten title game even after that rivalry game. So, no, that won't happen.
4: That won't happen. You could have two Big Ten teams with only one loss. Then the losses them. would be to top-four teams. Now, Bama and Georgia, yeah, because it's SEC bias. And Bama, I think, is the best team in the country right now. I think Bama. If you blind them up against anybody right now, then it might be different next week. But the way that is playing, the way that defense is flying to the ball, that is a good. They they pantsed LSU, pantsed them, and LSU's offense is putting up numbers the same as the Burrow team, and they pantsed them. No, but that was telling
3: me Kansas is better. Yeah, Kansas ain't any better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yo, I got people talking to me about Kansas and Kansas State. It's, when Kansas and Kansas State are in the top 25, it's because you got to have 25 teams.
4: Well, Kansas, you is, know what? It's like Tulane's in the top 25 too because they're playing in the Valley. I mean, they're, it's Harlingen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're beating all those teams. Great. Why don't you come north?
3: I'm taking Alabama's LSU win and Ole Miss win over Texas's Kansas and Kansas State. But in fairness, 70, 79 months ago, Texas beat. Alabama head to head.
4: And deservedly when it was so.
3: when it was 106 degrees outside. Two months ago, Texas had a really good win and nothing since.
4: I do think you should All be right. judged by who's still playing. They're not this Texas ain't the same team, man. This is not the yours, Texas. This is a different it's Texas. It's the Malik
3: Murphy, Texas.
4: And that ain't as good. Even though they continue to win. You're right, Pledger. It's like
3: Michigan knows what plays are coming. You'd think. <laughs> <laughs> right, I love the CFP guy. He's like, hey, man, we got nothing to do with that. They're still in our rankings, so we're just
4: judging them accordingly. Let's talk about that real quick. So Michigan has uh, – they haven't come out and said why they're not guilty. Desmond Howard tweeted out that okay. new evidence is coming to light. Of course he would uh, Michigan has said that they believe, and it seems to be um, confirmed, That at least two other teams shared signal information amongst themselves about Michigan. So you got the what about defense. Right. But what? You've got ADs coming out at them. We know that the NCAA investigation, if it's left to its current way that they investigate, will conclude sometime in 2030. Long after Harbaugh's gone. (laughs) That's funny. Well, we, they know that. That's why the ADs are leaning, like, hey man, if we wait on the NCAA, we know that, that when it finally does come down and he has to vacate the wins and the Michigan has to pay whatever price, Harbaugh will be co- po- coaching into pros and everybody on this team is going to have kids. I mean, it's, it's going to be years from now when it happens. So will there be, you can beat the rap, but you can't be the ride mentality? Like yeah, you're probably going to skate on the real rule, but we're going to. This
3: is one of this is going to be one of those um,
4: public suspensions.
3: Yes, we're talking about it too much. Everybody's too outraged, if, whether it's fake outrage or not. I do feel like it's a lot of fake outrage, but even fake outrage makes big entities like the NCAA react, and I think the NCAA is going to be forced into a situation where they don't have a choice. It's not like, it's like, I'm sure they're looking at it like, all right, man, you know what? This really isn't a big deal, but everybody's fake outraged. So we got to do something. This is going to be a public pressure suspension. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a public pressure. Like, I mean, yesterday on the biggest show in America, Stephen A. saying they should be eliminated from the college football playoffs. Mm -hmm. Like they shouldn't be allowed to compete in the college football playoffs, which is silly. It is, but like when you get millions of people talking and millions of people agreeing, even though they don't even really know what's going on, the NCAA is like, what do we do? Like, "Oh, uh, okay, y'all are out, you know?
4: Now, do you have a problem with the two schools sharing stuff? Like, hey, man, did you? If I'm giving you tape. I mean, the Michigan is using it as
3: a defense. It's, oh, almost, hey. it's almost a principle. Like, dude, we give y'all tape. Why are y'all going through all of this Dick Tracy crap? Like I want, I want you gone just because of just how right. idiotic you are.
4: And you wonder if the like pressure... what more did you gain from that? Ask TCU. That's I mean the fallback will always be TCU came out and said, "Yeah, we knew they were stealing our signals, and guess what? We changed them and we beat them." Now, TCU will never say it was because we, we realized right. it, but it certainly didn't hurt. So I think at the end of the the defense for what Michigan did was wrong, and it gave them an unhealthy and illegal advantage, was the TCU game. <laughs> when
3: everybody yeah, knew you were out, doing it, you lost. Shout out to Sonny Dykes for having half a brain. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> shout out to Sonny.
4: And for the, you know, it, after the Rutgers guy lost his crap on the sidelines in like week two, Week three, when there's something going on around here, yeah. every team on the schedule should have been, yeah, we got them now. We're going to trick them. That's the way it should have been. From here on out, when we play Michigan, black is white, up is down, right is left. Everything's different, and we're going to trick them. And we're going to use it to our advantage. Yet, they went and complained. They should have kept it quiet and just said, yeah, they think they got our signals. And we're going to let them think they do for would, a player, that's, that's how I would have played it. That's how, I, And I'm sure half the Big Ten's like, damn it, boys, shut that, up. That's how I would have did it. Look at what Dykes did. Shout out to Sonny, even though y'all suck now. <laughs> uh, we're looking forward to the 8 o'clock hour because we're bringing in esteemed guests. Johnny Smith got a brand new book called Jump Man. It's a story of Michael Jordan. Of course, you know the name. But the platform that he jumped off of to, became a super, to become a superstar began in college. He played in the garden. And his and, mom was smart. And you succeed in the garden and you got a mom thinking about stuff. You end up with Wimby playing in the garden wearing your logo. How did Wimby get here? What is the effect of a garden performance? We're going to talk about uh, Michael Jordan's debut and how it applies to Wimby at 8.30 with Johnny Smith with a brand new book that's suitable for all of your gift-giving needs. That's coming up there. We're talking uh, Spurs immediately, and Cowboys talk with Jerry coming as well. What are they going to do with that offensive line? they got a right tackle problem. Are they going to be able to fix it? Conversation to follow. Stay with us. This is R&R, and you're on one San Antonio Sports Star.
1: It's oh, 0600, what's the O stand for? Oh my god, it's early Wake me up Wake me up
6: Wake up Wake me up oh, wake me up Wake
0: up Rob Thompson, Thompson. Do not believe the other way in transition to the Clam
2: oh. oh. the left hand oh.
0: I want some master! Rudy J. Cowboys win.
2: How else would you settle this game?
0: How about this yeah! each day
3: as if it were on purpose. I
0: wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R and R in the morning on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning! Hey, hey,
4: hey, 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 oh, Good morning to you! Good! Good morning, good morning. <laughs> That's Rudy, I'm Rob, and this is a Wednesday edition of R&R. We're glad you're here with us today. It's kind of a red-letter day in the is it? story of uh, Victor Wimbayama's arc of a, play- of a player as he enters the greatness that is the last Madison Square Garden. They played Monday. They probably got there yesterday, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure they got there. You know Pop had likes a little dinner, trip. Dinner. Had a
3: little had to go to one of his restaurants where he has a locker. No, I, I know he has a restaurant or two in New York with a locker, oh, with I'm a sure. wine locker. Oh, they,
4: they ate good, but I bet there was some community service involved. With, you know how Pop and his team is. He's got a bunch of kids. They went on a field trip. I bet they hit a museum or two, maybe had themselves a fine meal. They didn't have to, but you know how Pop is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Your sure. first trip to the garden, and you know the food last night was spectacular. Oh, yeah. Only to sure. be surpassed by the wine and what is always a wonderful tip. When, you a uh, wine guy? Uh, uh, um, well, gifts keep just falling. You a uh, wine guy? Um, I am when somebody else is telling me what I should drink. Yeah, me too. I only drink Camus. Well, that's a good that's a good place to start.
3: <laughs> I only, and again, I guess, of course it's the one I can't afford. Well, yeah. because obviously someone bought it for me. You know what I mean and I had it and I was like nothing compares to it. And I again, I'm sure there's wines way better. I'm just saying from my palate, the best I've had and the one that I like to drink, I like Camus. But, you know, I like Opus too. One uh, as well.
4: Uh, 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 yeah, those kinds. <laughs> You know when you when I, when I drink bourbon, you know I like this pappy stuff. I don't know what everybody's messing around drinking all this other stuff. Pappy Van Winkle's pretty good. I don't know why you just it don't drink that is. all I, the time.
3: I had some pappy at SA Card actually. So you know if you can shout out the
4: that's why I appreciate if you're going to drink wine, you might as well drink Camus. That's why I never drink wine. <laughs>
3: yeah, I had I was like, what is this stuff? And you know they're like, oh, it's good. it. and I was like, oh, this is why y'all drink this stuff. Because I'm not a wine guy. But oh yeah, but a good wine, you're like, yeah,
4: I got you. You can tell when yeah. you had that one. Anything that can convince very savvy people, you know, people that have made money and have made that I that you look at and go, this is an intelligent human being. Mm-hmm. And you go, but you're gonna go spend three hundred dollars on an expendable, never to return resource. Those, if it's so good that it'll convince people to do that.
3: It's a worthy pursuit. But see, the thing is, with a wine person, a real wine person will tell you, Rudy, there's so many more that are way cheaper than Camus that are just as good. Real wine people can find the one that's
4: just as good for not, no. you know, not a hundred dollars. But they're on a level. You're, you're, you ha- how do you level off good? You know, yeah. Where is it? Once are they there, they're not just looking for good taste. They're being, you know, the tannins here remind me of a blackberry currant. You know, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> and then now, I've done the wine tour, and about the Third stop, I'm so buzzed. I, 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 everything's good. That's why you end up with cases of wine yeah, on the Yeah, cases way home. of wine that you don't even uh-huh. drink. Yeah. Anyway. I don't even remember popping that cork. Yeah, but uh, New York, Wimby debuts. Let's do it. And the expectation is that, obviously, he has shown that he's capable of doing the kind of things that uh, the goats have done in the past. And when you look at those that step foot in the garden for the very first time, Led by a couple of former Spurs. I mean, they did Dude. kick the door open themselves. Uh, David leads the way. His rookie year, he stepped into the Garden. Now, keep in mind, he was 24 at the time. Uh, 27.6 <laughs> rebounds, uh, two blocks, two steals. He shot over 50%. Tim right. Duncan, who was 22 at the time, uh, came in and got 25-10-2. and two. Magic had a triple-double. Du- Jordan had a 33-point outing, nearly a triple-double. Elijah Wan, on his first night in the Garden, 30-25. Wow. A a ridiculous double-double. AI got 35 his first night there. Kevin Durant got 30. What we're saying is goats know. They know this is where you go to do it. This is the main stage, baby. This is where the do- dollar values double and you're headed to the champagne room if you do it now, right. Let me let me, let me me bring up something
3: I saw because we like our YouTube people. Subscribe to San Antonio Sports Star, but also like it. Something that I read across. Um, Rudolph Gonzalez said well, this is a different era the garden doesn't matter to wrong us. It's wrong. More, It's more wrong. the crypto or staples than no. it is the garden. Nope. Even nope. if I'm talking about for no nope. like for let's say Edwin. Edwin's only 27. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does he care about the garden like we do?
4: Well, let's ask him. Not really. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't see the Knicks and the Spurs playing play the finals. Well,
3: we're talking about like what is what? What I, arena is it for the? 18 to 20, 18 to 30. What arena is it for them? Staples. You see what I'm saying? That's the same thing Rudolph Gonzalez said on the YouTube. Uh,
4: okay. I, would, I wonder if your son's listening because he's 27. Uh, my my son knows the appropriate value. Well, of see, but a, that's because you raised That's because how you but raised it. I will argue that, okay, fandom might not get it, but inside the circle, the dudes, the league dudes, the players, they know. Because even, let's say, who's an up and comer that's
3: really young. Let's say a Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum knows it's the garden. So regardless of what Rudolph and Edwin and you know the other 25-year-olds that are consumers think, the 18 to 25-year-olds that are in the NBA, they know it's the garden. It ain't it ain't crypto, it ain't staples. So yes, I'm not taking y'all away. I'm not taking, you know, anything away mm-hmm. from y'all's opinion out there that's like, "Hey Rudy, I grew up in a different era, it ain't the garden for me." And I promise you for Tyrese Maxey or Jamal Murray,
4: Joker, whoever, for them it's still the garden. There's no question. And that's part of the basketball lure is is earning your way to the to the main court. You know, if you are if you're in in the state of Texas and if you're a grassroots basketball Team. yeah I'm you listening. want to make it to court one in the night field house you want to be if you're playing on that court you you are the best in the state by just right. your reputation alone and you know it you play that way and you know when you're going to the garden and that the lights are brighter and things that you do are written in ink not pencil and not only that rob i, ain't, I don't remember anybody
3: talking about his debut at the staples No, you're right. Such as such as uh, performance at Staples. Like, we know Reggie Miller. Choke sign. Like, there's certain things that have gone on in the garden that we remember. Other than Kobe crossing, he crosses up Pippen when Pippen's with Portland, crosses him up to the top of the key, throws the lob to Shaq. Shaq throws it down. They complete the comeback against Portland. That, to me, is the biggest moment in Staples Center history. I could think of 20 in the garden. So I get it, you youngsters refuse to do your history and you do your research, but it's still the garden.
4: <laughs> it still is. It's still the garden. It is one of those things that he's grown up ready for. And we asked the question, how would you handle Wimby? Would you tell him, yes, this matters, and, and I reinforce the fact? I think even though we know he knows, if he if for,
3: if for the one 1% chance he didn't know Rob, I wouldn't tell him I just let him go out there and play and think it's another game but due to the fact that he knows and Tony loves
4: it and everybody loves and he understands he's been groomed for this since he was 14 he knows. Johnny Smith is an author of a brand-new book called Jumpman, and he's going to be here in about 20 minutes. Okay, Um, I think he's going to be great to kind of set the stage of what we're talking about because we talk about why the garden matters. We'll look at what the stars have done, and no one has used the platform that is the garden more and more to his and the league's benefit than Michael Jordan. And his brand-new book, Jumpman, will give us a great kind of backdrop as to what Wimby is headed into uh, in the beginnings of what will we expect to be a Jordan-esque career in 30 years, will they be wearing a Wimby logo on their jersey? We will see. It might all be tonight. where his tonight. jersey sales are. Interesting. Um, yeah. I'll, and the New York fan, I'll be interested to see how many silver and black jerseys are in there. Because true. they respect – I mean, game respects game. A New York fan understands basketball as much as anybody. Do they? I, I really do believe that. They have to because – They've been stuck watching the Knicks for the last 15 years, so they have to appreciate better ball coming from other places. Sure. Uh, he's here in just a couple of minutes. Jerry is coming next. Let's talk some Dallas Cowboys. As he spoke up yesterday in defense of his quarterback and his defensive line, but there are many other questions that need to be asked. Was it disheartening to know that your quarterback offered the very best game of the season, yet it still wasn't enough? Cowboy Talk next. It's R&R. You're on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star.
0: The Gym Room Show, weekdays at noon. I, I love San it. Antonio, man. I love it. On 94. one San Antonio's Sports Star.
4: It's R&R. Here on San Antonio Sports Star, Rudy J. and Rob Thompson with you. We're about 15 minutes away from a guest. I'm a eager. We booked this guy a long time ago, knowing that today... Victor Wimbayama and his San Antonio Spurs are walking into the heralded grounds. That is the Madison Square Garden. If you can make it at the garden, you can make it anywhere. And the goats have. Can he live up to the, to the hype? What our expectations should be and what a performance that the previous goats have had can do to your career as you begin it. And that's just a couple of minutes away. Yesterday, Jerry was on uh, the fan for his weekly and was talking about the, some of the issues that while you know the moral victories certainly matter there was the, the the defeat is there is there a place are the cowboys where they need to be and to get to where they need to be the run game while improving i guess by the numbers is it in the place where they we were told it would be it is not in the place where the identity was going to be as we were told this is a defense first running football team it ain't so far. This is Jerry talking about the run game issues.
1: I think you can throw them out of it. Uh, you can throw them out of it, and I thought we were doing a pretty doggone good job out there Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but you you can back them off, and uh, uh, I don't know uh, how it's going to work out. But uh, uh, we're yeah, we're um, working out a receiver out here today. That's quite, quite a story behind him, but uh, uh, and I don't know how we will. Uh, impact that. I do know that within that we've got plenty of upside, serious upside. And uh, with the guys that we've got on the team, uh, we can get more out of really all three of our other receivers uh, other than Lamb. And we can and they can't.
4: You know, Jerry talks about, well, you can protect the run game by pulling the DBs back, getting them off the, court, the the edges and giving them some more space. But there is a significant problem with that, Jerry. You can't protect your quarterback. Your right tackle is a, uh, he's a matador. How many pressures? How many sacks? Just in the fourth quarter did you hear from Terrence Steele? Well, Jerry talked about his right tackle and the situation they find themselves in because it doesn't appear there's any help coming.
1: You know the way to get him help limits we all know that it limits your offense by a man when you're adding some additional help to it. when you're trying to scheme that up you're going short someplace and so um uh, uh their strength their strength in my mind is their defensive line they've got a good team but their strength is their defensive line so um uh you can second guess leaving him uh on an island but uh i'm, I'm going to use that term i don't really think he's on an island but uh, uh he did struggle but i'm glad we've got him and uh uh, I've, uh to balance that of course we uh know what tyron smith did over there for, which is just unbelievable not to practice anymore but shows what who he is and then we had good play all the way down the rest of the way there smith and and our Bidez and and uh, Martin. so uh uh, our offensive line uh, uh, were
3: against the toughest challenge that Philadelphia has, and that's her defensive line. <laughs> Bydes, I see. I can't like we got to we got to change the subject because I can't really get into steel if I keep hearing him talk about and our Bydes. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Teeler Bydes. No, I'll no, can decide. They but look. I made you a top ten right tackle as far as financially. You're gonna figure. You have to figure it out. I can't take away from my offense. Because the guy that I trusted after, again, and we talked about this with Clarence Hill yesterday, Jerry's weird obsession with paying guys after being injured. Michael Gallup, Jalen Smith, um, now Terrence Steele, Dak Prescott after he broke his leg. Jerry, Jerry likes paying guys after they come off of injury. But like Jerry's like, look, I've already paid you. I trust in you. I believe in you. I can't take away from McCarthy's already shaky offense to help, to give you help. Are there some situations where we're going to help you? Yes, but we're not going to change our whole offensive scheme around for the guy that I just made a top 10 paid right tackle. Tyler's got to put his big boy pants on. Terrence, excuse me. Terrence got to put his big boy pants on and figure it out. And again, as Jerry said, look, it's not every week. Like the Giants aren't going to be a thing for Terrence Steele. The Commanders traded away their whole defensive line. They're not going to be a thing for Terrence Steele. Now, when you play Philly again down the road, maybe you maybe you maybe you say, hey, you know what, Schoonmaker, get over there and help him out. Maybe you bring in uh, the, the fullback, Lupke, Lupke, help him out. If you see him get beat, chip that guy. But, you know, 90% of your games, Terrence
4: going to be fine. Uh, well, he hasn't been. That's just <laughs> it. I mean, here's what I, I find kind of duplicitous from what Jerry said. Because they asked him, you know, first of all, about the running game. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, uh with the running game, you know, you can throw your way out of it. If you start passing well, they're gonna have to commit to defending that pass, and it pulls some of those guys back and you get a little bit more space. That's what he said. You know, you can throw your way out of a, a bad running game. But he also said that he's gonna have to just you can't pull anybody away. No, because it hurts our offense. It hurts our offense. We're dancing around the fact that and our
3: offense is already okay
4: at best. I don't know. We're dancing around the fact that the run game, just as you look at it, if there's going to be a problem, if there, if there's a reason why they lose at the end, it appears the offensive line specifically and the run game on a broader scope will be the reason why it happens. Well, look at this, and
3: we you know we I got this via our good buddy R J Ochoa. A lot of people said Zeke was washed. little short guy over there from Johnson High School was one of them. 2022. Zeke's first eight games. 124 carries, Rob. 485 yards. Six touchdowns. Tony Pollard, 2023. First eight games. Same sample size. 120 carries, even though they said they wanted to run the ball more. This year. Tony Pollard, first eight games. 120 carries, 474 yards, hmm. only two touchdowns. So through eight games last season and through eight games this season, Zeke, the guy we said was washed up, done, not worth it, past his prime, has been four touchdowns and 11 yards better.
4: Yes. Than Tony and I think you could put the argument out there. If Zeke Elliott, number 21, was still in white, running behind Bayadez. uh <laughs> <I'm> trying <laughs> to take this segment seriously. <laughs> running behind Bayadez. that number 63, Bayadez. Um, there'd have been a touchdown in the red zone, and the Cowboys would be talking about how they won the football game.
3: Well, see, I, I feel bad for Tony because Tony did score, and Dak did check in the lineman. He did. The referee, the referee pooped the bed. I saw the tape of Zach Prescott telling the ref hey 71's eligible the ref ignored him so but so tony would have tony should have three
4: touchdowns not but Zeke had six I think they miss him there's no question that there the, some of the red zone questions some of those passes on on the four yard line would have been runs they would have been uh, we know it the play call would have been entirely different because they had a guy who knows how to get in the end zone and the Cowboys don't have it right now And I I think it played very much into Philadelphia. We can question Arizona whether it played into that game. But I will say that the lack of a battering ram has certainly affected the Cowboys. We'll continue talking about it, but let's look at the NBA in general and the Spurs in particular. Uh, the showboat game for the evening, the national broadcast coming off the four-letter network, will begin in Madison Square Garden. As Victor Wimbayama steps in for the first time, it is a signpost event for any young superstar or one growing superstar. Many have dawned before, one in particular, Michael Jordan, the jump man, did. We've got an author of a brand-new book regarding Michael Jordan and his effect on the sporting world. Uh coming up next, his name is Johnny Smith. The book is Jump Man. We're talking about it next. Don't go anywhere. This is good. You're on R and R, and this is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. I hope
0: it's the Awesome Tickets Pro Football Pick'em Challenge on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. You're shot at $50,000 nationally, while weekly winners locally get a $50 gift card to Five Oaks Ace Hardware on Thousand Oaks. At the end of the season, locally the best overall record wins the San Antonio Grand Prize of $1,000 worth of tickets to any event from Awesome Tickets. Sign up today at sasportstar.com. R&R in the morning on one San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, it's R&R in the morning. Day Top of the morning to day all. Day oh, that's Rudy. Day
4: I'm Rob. Aren't you glad you're with us? We told you his, he was coming. Let's talk uh, the NBA with Johnny Smith. He's the author of a brand new book, Jumpman, uh, uh, the making of Michael Jordan and... Uh, the NBA as it was. Uh, first of all, Johnny, I'd like to welcome you on and congratulate you on what was an extraordinary read, an angle at which I had not looked at. Uh, with michael jordan let me present the book as it should be you know when you think of michael jordan so many of us look at him as this canvas that we painted uh he was he came up in a time where we didn't know a whole lot about him all we got was what he offered us he didn't ever want to be the hero that he became he was just a great ball player and as a black athlete he took the mantle as the most famous black athlete of his time and probably still is with that on the backdrop uh, tell us about what Madison Square Garden meant to Michael Jordan on his up and coming rise. Welcome aboard, first of all. Uh,
5: thanks for
3: having me. Madison Square Garden? Why Madison Square Garden?
4: Because Wimby's there tonight. On the backdrop, <laughs> our young superstar is coming into the, the uh. rarefied air that Michael began. And we're looking at lists of what happened in the garden and how it was okay. a springboard for him and so many others. Michael used that to take his brand in a direction that, uh, in hindsight, was shouldn't have been unexpected. But at the time, thinking about where he was and where he was going, it took performances like that to get him to where he was going.
5: Yeah, okay, I got you. Forgive me. I didn't Forgive know, me for, for not setting the table second. correctly
4: because I've been excited about having you on all morning. I felt like I've already been talking to you.
5: <laughs> you know, when I think of Jordan the Garden, I think about um his comeback when he had left the NBA, left the Bulls, plays baseball, he comes back, you know, struggles against the Pacers. But not long after that, he drops a double nickel at the garden, fifty five points. And You know, it was this, you know, back in Chicago, which is where I grew up. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. And it's like, okay, he is back, you know, because Mm -hmm. winning at the Garden, beating Patrick Ewing and John Starks and Charles Oakley, all those villains that we (laughs) despised in Chicago. Oh, that was sweet. And so, you know, you're right. You know, a victory at the Garden against the Knicks, it's meaningful. And, of course, for Jordan, he always loved playing there. It was one of his favorite places to play. I think because of the, the lore around the Knicks and the history of the garden. And of course his buddy, Spike Lee sitting Mm -hmm. courtside, razzling him. That was a big part of it. he loved to uh, silence uh, Spike whenever he could. So I think the garden definitely has a, a special place in the heart of Michael Jordan. Some great memories.
3: You know, this is, this is interesting, John, this whole, the whole topic on Jordan and being the black athlete, because I feel like Mike, like direct, directly affected the way Tiger Woods handled things, and I think he directly affected the way Kobe handled things. And I know for a fact, John, that a lot of people in the black community, the reason why they have LeBron, even though it has nothing to do with on the court, have LeBron above Michael, is because LeBron's mm. willingness to address difficult issues in in so in in our society. That Mike, Tiger, and Kobe were like, "I'm here to play ball. I'm like, here to play buy shoes Yeah, clubs I'm here to stay away from those things. That's not my job. I'm, I'm, I'm a getaway." And LeBron's willingness to say, "Hey, this ain't right," and I'm going to say something about it. I'm not going to shut up and dribble. It's always been tough for Mike, but I think more now in retirement, he has come around to realizing that he does have more of a responsibility than just selling shoes and, and making baskets. I think that's right. I think.
5: One of the things I've thought about is, you know, my my book deals with this crucial period in his career between 1990 and 1991, Mm -hmm. the moment when Jordan and the Bulls win their first NBA championship when they beat the Lakers. But it's also this period where increasingly he's facing growing pressure to speak out about racism, uh, to endorse Harvey Gantt in his home state of North Carolina, and he really struggles. Under this weight of expectations. And one of the points I try to make is that, you know, Jordan really wanted to uh, be a self defining man. You know, independence was important to him. We see that on the court and the way he kind of resists uh, Phil Jackson's triangle system. He going to give up the ball, give up control. But we see it off the court too. He doesn't see himself as part of some movement. Now, I think. It's easy to say that on the one hand, well, you know, Jordan was prioritizing um, his, his endorsement deals and making money. and He didn't want to offend white America. Fair. That is true. That's a that fact. Is that is
3: a fact. Yeah.
5: Yeah. But what I want to also point out is that Jordan is unexceptional in that regard in his generation. Magic Johnson, the same way. Mm. He also focused on his endorsement building his wealth. Now, to your point, Jordan, his position today, he has used his wealth to advance black causes. He has supported HBCU scholarships. Mm -hmm. He has also financed programs for young black journalists. They can um, investigate uh, systematic racism that exists in society. And so my point is simply That although Jordan received criticism in the late 80s and the 90s for his silence, and there were consequences to that silence then, in the long run, I think that the fact that he was able to remain on neutral political ground and build this enormous wealth as the most famous American endorsement in the world, in the long run, it positioned him economically to now support these. Various uh, mm. African American organizations, social justice causes. And still, though, we could make the case that Jordan, when he has made these great donations, he doesn't say a whole lot. He usually has a press release. You know, it's not him out front vocalizing, mm-hmm. speaking about um, inequality or police brutality or all these issues that are so important to the black community. He struggles in that role. And in fact, there's an interesting quote I came across from 1992 after the Los Angeles riots, of course, which were provoked by the fact that the LAPD had brutalized Rodney King in 1991. And Jordan says, I'm not a leader. He tells the public, but people want him to be something more than he feels capable of being. And part of that is the history, the historical role of black athletes in society. That the black community in particular looked to them to carry the aspirations, to be a voice for change, to be an agent for change. But keep in mind, in the late 1980s and the early 1990s, there is not a singular organized black social movement that unifies the community with specific goals. And in fact, I think that's reflective. <sighs>
3: Of America at large. It was, well, uh, I, oh, it, uh, that's interesting, Johnny, because I get yes. that. I get that. But at the same time, again, I'm not I cannot. I, I'm. I, yes, I'm a black man, but I don't speak for all black people. You right? don't? No. OK, I, I don't. But I know for a fact that a lot of people in the black community are like, look, all of that sounds fine, Johnny. But he was going to be a billionaire regardless. And that's why I rub people the wrong way. He was gonna make. He was gonna get to the money anyway, Johnny. So why not take a stand like Bill Russell and Kareem and those guys had way more to lose. And Muhammad did, and Muhammad than than Mike did, and they still put their their necks on the line anyway. So again, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not getting on Mike about it. I'm just. I'm just speaking from what I've heard and seen from the black community on what their biggest problems with Mike was at that particular time. And
4: I'll tell you what, after reading the book, it's the very reason why you want to read it, Jumpman, The Making and the Meaning of Michael Jordan, because when you do focus on this time, in the late 80s and early 90s, I think it can be applied to today, because there was this conscious effort to make him this living myth. You, in fact, called him that, Johnny, of this living myth that we could define him by our view. I mean, he never gave us one way or the other. He was just putting shoes out and dunking and being in the right Right. place at the right time and wasn't going to say anything negative. Now, whether he focused that money and later, but we defined him. And as we allowed himself to define himself, can you still do that? I want to put this back on Victor Wimbayama, who now is in a position not to become the most famous black athlete in the United States, but possibly the most famous black athlete in the world when we're talking about the platform that he's going to be provided starting tonight at the Garden. Can he create and can he be created as this living myth without anything negative sticking to him and only the positives that we want to throw onto him? Is that even possible today? Gosh,
5: uh, it's, it's hard to say that it's possible, right? I mean, the fact is, is that we live in a time now where there's greater access to athletes. If you want to have a successful uh, commercial career outside of just playing games for the Spurs, you have to give the public more of yourself. And we see athletes, uh, quote, unquote, controlling the narrative in, in different ways uh, with these kinds of documentaries that are coming out that Jordan. With The Last Dance, you're seeing other greats in the past and contemporary athletes, athletes more related to our recent times, like Tom Brady's done it, Derek Jeter's done it, and I suspect that LeBron James is already making plans to tell his story.
0: And my yes. point is
5: simple, that, you know, this period that we're living in now, athletes have to find ways to engage the public if they want to elevate their profile and make more money um, and, and build their quote-unquote brand. Jordan, of course, did it in a much different way. You know, I don't think that you can draw a straight line from Michael to LeBron. It doesn't work that way. LeBron, That's fair. Yeah, I don't believe that that's the way to think about this. Um, You know, as you were saying earlier, you know, Kobe Bryant takes a much different path from, say, LeBron James. So my point is simply to think about these figures in a context. And when I was writing this book, I was thinking about something Barack Obama said. You know, on the one hand, Obama is in Chicago in the late 80s when Jordan Mm -hmm. is there. And he writes about how Jordan uh, was this unifying figure for the city of Chicago, which was one of the most segregated cities in America at that time. (laughs) Um, But Obama goes on to talk about, you know, Jordan's this unifier. Well, okay, perhaps. But if we interrogate that idea for a little bit, what happens when all those fans, white and black fans, leave the stadium, right? And they're going back to this segregated city in Chicago. Right. My point is simply that we can't look to an athlete alone to bring us together. But um, as you suggested, you know, Jordan was viewed by the public as this unifying figure, that because white America loved Michael Jordan, it said something about the state of race in America. But Jordan really struggled <laughs> to find his voice. It's not one that he welcomed. But if we think back to what Obama says, he talked about how he belonged to a different generation. He and Jordan, they're about the same age. They belong to a different generation. He gave this speech, Obama, when he talked about the Joshua generation, okay? And we talked about the Joshua generation, he he thought about himself and Michael Jordan. And he compared it to the Moses generation. Right. That was Martin the King's generation, right. right? The Moses generation of MLK, they marched, they fought. And they pursued justice and equality. But they didn't see the fruits of their labor, many of them, right? The sacrifices that the Moses generation made life better for those that followed in their footsteps. And that was the Joshua generation. And the Joshua generation, Jordan's generation, they defined themselves less in terms of protest and more through the pursuit of breakthroughs. Jordan's goal was not just to be a great basketball player, but to break through in corporate America. And so for him, it was about these aspirations of breaking down these corporate walls. Is well, hey, I admirable? Think, yeah. You know, that's for people to decide. It was
3: the 80s. We yeah, were chasing and, that. Yeah, and the thing about it, though, Johnny, I feel like, because I remember Bruce Smith, you know, Hall of Fame defensive lineman, Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills, says he's walking into a restroom and this guy's dropping N-bombs. He's talking about black people. And he sees Bruce mm-hmm. and he says, Bruce, you're different. You're Bruce. So I feel like right. Mike... Mike wasn't seen as a black man. Tiger wasn't seen as a black man. That's Tiger. That's Michael. Like there's totally. there's a there's a handful of athletes that transcend sports and and globe that where you're just Tiger. You're just Jordan. Like they're not they're not like the first thing when I, if I walk in the room like there's a, there's a short black guy. Michael Jordan walks in the room. That's Michael Jordan. You don't that first thing you don't see. And even though he is a black man, that's not the first thing you notice. And that's why, again, going back to the, you know, the importance of this book and the importance of talking about Michael is like, he had that ability to do what he did because he wasn't seen as a black man. He was seen as Michael Jordan, if that makes any
4: sense. And I think the book gives you a great platform to why Jordan was able to do that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Go ahead. I'm going to go. Uh,
5: I think you're spot on. You know, it reminds me too of a scene in Spike Lee's film, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, Characters in the pizza parlor, and he asks Pino, this Italian American, you know, he's asking about his favorite musician, <laughs> yeah. his favorite athlete, and, you know, he tells him his favorite ball player is, is Magic Johnson. And, you know, for much of white America, you know, Magic and Michael didn't remind them that they were black because they didn't talk about issues that were relevant to the black community. So this idea that Jordan transcends race. I think it's rooted in the fact that, you know, racial transcendence is, was less about who you are and more about who you aren't. You know, Michael was not, you know, tying arms with Jesse Jackson back in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He could have, but he did not. Jordan did not live in the city of Chicago. He lived out in the suburbs, you know, so he made these conscious choices about how to present himself to be seen as a universal hero. But what's interesting too, if you read the the profiles of Jordan in the late 80s, and the early 90s, he's not described as a Black American hero. He's simply described as an American hero. Right. As if his race, it didn't matter. It didn't matter.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Great book. Yeah. I highly recommend yeah, it for holiday that. reading for any great Jordan read, fan for sure. But for those who oh. are interested in the progression of the black athlete and his place in the modern world, you got to start at the beginning. And Michael Jordan played a role there. Johnny, I congratulate you again on a phenomenal read. Can't recommend it enough. It was printed by basic books. You can get it where you buy your hardcover print. Buy something hard that you can put on a, on a, your mantle after you've read it. Uh, Johnny, congratulations. <laughs> a great book. Uh, thank you for what you did.
5: Thank you. This has been one of the best interviews. Really appreciate the conversation,
4: guys. Pleasure having you. Great, uh, great luck. We look forward to seeing your next bit of work after you promote this. The jump man, go get it today. And it does give us a backdrop as to what is going on tonight. And there is bigger questions when you talk about the likes of a Victor Wimbayama. because not only is he gargantuan in size, but that shadow will spread across the black community, not only here but internationally as well. Yeah, it's a uh...
3: Like like Johnny said, and I know he meant that, it's like it's a good conversation because, again, it's where we are. Like right now, it's a crazy, crazy time. And, the, you know, the whole, you know, this goes all the way back, Rob, to when Cap when Cap started his process. Yes, his protest. so much a part of this. And then, you know, with George Floyd and then what went on in the bubble and like, yo, guys, like we want to be a getaway. Now, you brought up Vic. You brought up Wimby, and the reason I feel like that is interesting to bring up in the Wimby thing and tying it all in, Rob, is because if Wimby wants to be like what LeBron was or what – I won't even – I'm not going to even put Bill Russell in them because that was a whole different thing. Them dudes were up against a whole different thing. But if he wants to be what LeBron is or what these rest of these guys are, he's playing for the perfect coach. Yes. He's playing for the perfect coach. So if, if he so chooses to be that and wants to speak out about whatever the hell it is, there's not a better coach in ownership to do it for because I know I know I know the guy we talk about on a daily basis Jerry Jones we know what his stance was at the time so that's this is a really good read by Johnny Smith because again even though it was way back in the 80s you you fast forward to now, yes, we've made progress but at the same time we're still going through things and I do think that sports has played a critical role in bringing us together. Because it's one of them things where we all kind of come together and like when if I'm sitting there, whatever however I feel about white people however you feel about black people Rob if we're at a Spurs game we just cheer for I'm the just, Spurs that, you know what I mean then afterwards we could go back to our lives but in that moment you know I remember Jim mm-hmm. Brown saying like hey man they were loving me cheering me and then I leave the stadium and I had to drink from a different water fountain so in that moment of the sporting event we're just fans of the Spurs the but
4: uniform matters
3: the uniform matters so but if bringing it back to what you said about Wemby, this is the perfect place for him to be that, if he so chooses. But right now, I think he's 19. He's just trying to figure, out the, trying to figure out, out the NBA. There you go. And as we place him right. in
4: this geopolitical, global debate as where does a man of his skill and color and attributes stand in this modern world, let's not forget that he's 19 yeah, he's years only 19, old, yeah. stepping into the garden for the very first time with the entire world watching him. Right. And what a great point to bring up that if it is to be, if he is going to be that that voice that will be transcendent, that will become this definable myth that he will define himself and not make us define him, both good or bad, he's got a coach that will not only allow him, but give him – Encourage him. Encourage him, but also ensure if you're going to talk about it, you better be educated about it. If you're going to say it, you better come to it from a point of knowledge. And you know Pop will pile the books on and give him everything required. If you're going to talk about it, you better read about it. You better understand it. Well, that's, that's a whole different topic. Well, that's Pop. I mean, th- he yeah, will ensure I'm just if you're going to say something, don't be, don't come to it uneducated. It might not be what I believe, but you better come to it educated and bring what you believe there. Yeah, Because you are going to be defined by what you say. Tremendous book. I'm, I'm really glad we had him on. The next hour, you think this was good? Wait till he'll Jerry just throw his right tackle to the wind and say, I hope it works out. Hope it works out. We're going to talk about that. But first, before we leave, who wants to go see the Tater Salad? Ron White's coming to San Antonio. He's going to be here in January. And if you want to go, grab your device and start dialing. 656 3776 espn If you're caller number four, that's number four, uh, you will go see Ron White Saturday, January 13th at our beautiful Majestic Empire. If you don't win it right now... You can go to majesticempire.com or hang on tight. We'll be keeping uh, giving these away. Ron White tickets January the 13th. Caller number four is going. You're on R&R. This is 941, San Antonio Sports Star.
1: It's 0, 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Wake me up, wake me up. Wake
6: up, wake up. Wake me
0: up, don't wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. Did you don't know believe the other way in transition to the Cowboys. I want
2: some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How
3: about this, Cowboys? Begin each day as if it were on purpose.
0: I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R R in the morning on ninety-four-one San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning.
6: Hey, hey, hey,
4: hey. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to nine o'clock. Get your ass in gear. It's time to do something. He's Rudy J. I'm Rob Thompson. Easy E Edwin Hafner on the other side. We want to thank Johnny Smith for stopping by. Again, let's pull that, that a book a great conversation. One more time. I read this thing about we got I got this you book got it back. a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, it's been a couple months back. It was back over the summer when I put it down, put it to bed. I, I read it over a couple of days. It's a it's a heavier read and it does focus in on just a very brief moment in time. And it was great to read that because I had just seen the uh Jordan movie, the one where he never was actually air. in it, Air, and that uh, on the uh the last dance which sustained us during the COVID lockdown. <laughs> you know, I felt like now I've no more about the most my most I don't know what you call Jordan in my life, but he has been that North Star. He has been the athlete that has defined what I judge other athletes against, both on the court and off. Uh, And whether it's defined as a white man in in a sporting world or not, he is the athlete that I think, if I think of what the greatest could be, both on and off the court, both making money and all that stuff, it's him, and that's with the yeah. negative things that, quite frankly, as a white man, I, I never was not a problem or well, an issue with me.
3: This is the thing, though, Rob. I mean, there's millions, and again, we deal with this in what we do, and what we do, whether you're white, black, or Hispanic. When you talk about sports, there's millions out there that will tell you, me, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, I come to y'all to get away, right? So if Mike was taking that approach, like, look, people can deal with that when they deal with it. Whatever the, whatever it is, whatever the issue is, whether it's just left, right, whatever. Like, that's not why they come to the United Center. They come to the United Center to see me play basketball. They don't come to the United Center to hear my takes on what's going on in the world. They come to me for a getaway. So, if Mike and Tiger, and again, Tiger and Kobe are direct descendants of Jordan. They leaned on him, and, this is the, and you can tell. You can just tell by the way Tiger and Kobe moved. That they took the Michael approach to it, and somewhere along the line, like uh, Johnny was saying, like you know, this athlete started saying, "Ah, I love what Mike did, but that's not how I want to. That's not how I want to go about things." And again, I'm not here to tell you which one is right or wrong, Rob. I'm just here to tell you what people are saying. That's it. And that was Mike's Mm -hmm. approach. Mike's approach was, "I'm a Hooper." I'm not a I'm not a, I'm not a p- politician. I will not endorse him. But was that the last dance, or the, was the last dance, or was it air? The last dance where he's like, I'm not gonna go and endorse this dude from North Carolina just because I'm from North Carolina, just because we both black. I'm oh, not gonna Gant, do it. Yeah, the Gamp. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna do it. Like, and then, you know, and there was people that didn't like it.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But you know what, Rob, if he would have did it. There were the people that didn't like it. So the moral of the story is, Rob, do what the hell you want because we're going to talk about you anyway.
4: One way or the other. (laughs) And and like you said, while he was terrified of not being the business entity, he would have been regardless. In hindsight, you'd have sold every shoe you ever sold. It wouldn't have cost you one of that. It would have maybe gone into a different hand, but everything he ever made, it would have been sold. So I think in hindsight, they regret that. And, you know, we were glad to have him on because we do talk about the transcendency uh, of athletes and the the platform that allows them to do that, and that's Madison Square Garden. And when we look at all the athletes that have gone through and been successful, and you look at who you compare guys to, in my mind, and I never got to watch – wilt chamberlain play live but when i watch nba players look and talk about wimby i get the sense that they're saying the same things that people said the very first time they saw wilt chamberlain play like oh my god this isn't fair there's nothing i mean a hundred points that's possible i just saw this guy get 38 and he doesn't even know what he's doing so when you think about what wilt was and what he meant to the league these are some numbers that wilt offered in the garden yeah, talk to me, because see, Wimby ain't going to do it. Will 73 points on 16, 1962. In fact, in 62, he went Wait, to the Garden out. twice, got 73 and 62 and 58 and 55. Five times in one year, he went into the Garden and got over 50. So, all things okay, so are a bit relative. He ain't doing that. He got 70 he got 73 on November the 11th in the Garden, 1962. But he'd already been there. Let's see. November, he got 73. Then he went back in December and got 59. And then he went back in March and got 58. And in between there and January, he got 55. That's all in the Garden. The platform is there. Wimby is there. The expectations of him and... and Smith talked about Jordan's comeback game, but it's those rookie games that define you. They define you in this moment. And one thing about so far, Victor Wimbayama has showed us that the moment does matter, and he's ready for it, though he comes in tonight hamstrung. No Devin Vassell, in a team that is in desperation of a defensive stop and a made three-pointer. And Vegas has the Knicks
3: favored by nine and a half. Oh, boy, that's a big number. I think I'm taking the Spurs to I cover like that. I like that. I
4: like the Spurs to cover that. The 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 platform is huge. The venue is the best. It's early in the season. He won't be back, sadly, this year. Who won't be back? Wimby. I mean, this is the one time to get to go to the Garden. You wonder how much it matters to him. How much it is something of his focus. Did he? Do you think he had... Uh, November the 8th circled when the schedule came I out? I think
3: so. I mean, I, Edwin just pointed out to me, ESPN is running a Wimby in the Garden countdown ticker.
4: See, <laughs> uh, we told you, because not only is it New York and the Knicks it's and the Wimby. Garden, it's Nike. I, it's, I You know
3: what? I keep forgetting about the Nike aspect of it because Nike is, a a, a
4: a whether you like it or not, they're a hype machine. They do as much to promote the NBA as the NBA does. There's a key part of the NBA promotion, yeah. as the NBA promotes themselves, it is the NBA's basketball division promotes the league as much as they ever do. So when the NBA calls and says, hey, can we have Wimby for a couple hours to go sign some shoes and posters at Nike? Yes, go on over. He's earned it. The, uh, he's going to paint that city silver and black today. I wish I could be there to see. Don't you wish? As Rudy and I sat down this morning, I go, Rudy, you know, we could probably be at the garden by five today. <laughs> yeah. If we really busted our ass and decided we are going, I think we could probably catch a flight and get in, yeah. get in there in time to go see what will be. And it would be because he's there. I don't expect. And I've never seen a game at the garden. Which, you know, I've only seen a couple of college games. I've never seen a Nick game. Um, but I, you've been in the garden? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've had a chance. Does it stink? Does it smell old? It's old. I mean, you, you keep in mind. Depending on how you get into, because you can come into it from the from the uh, subway. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a so way to get in.
3: Is it the garden? One of them situations, Rob, where it's like a seventy two Chevy, where you want to keep everything original, but you know it needs a face. There's facelift. a lot
4: of gritty blue tile, a lot of industrial, but stuff you can't change gr- it much. No, right? I wouldn't change a wisp. You like that sour beer smell? You want that? Oh, it's. It, it, when you walk in for a guy of my, you know, upbringing in basketball. Are we showing our age? Or do, are we showing our age? Because, again, I don't know if everybody still feels this way about the garden. I want to ask that question. All right, let's delineate this. For you young brothers out there and young young basketball souls, where do you put the – where is the stage? Is it still the garden? Is it Staples? Is it Crypto in Miami? Um, is is it, it Golden States Arena? What, what's Chicago and behind what's the Jordan the bucket, statue. What's the bucket
3: list arena for the youngsters that play 2K all day long? Or has college? Is maybe
4: Cameron, is there a place that might have preempted it as the place to be seen and to go play? Is it it's still the garden? Because in my mind,
3: absolutely. It's still the garden. Like I again, you know, I know Edwin, who's twenty seven, says it's Staples. I don't. He can't. There's not a game he can remember at Staples that like is like a signature game. Other, I mean, Kobe hitting the buzzer beater against Phoenix with the fist pump. Kobe to Shaq, Bob Costas on the call. Other than that, what is, what does Staples have historically?
4: Oh, it's only not even ten years
3: old yeah, to start I mean, yeah, with. No, I mean, it's I mean, it's like oh wow. one. I think it's been around since 01. Is so it only like 20 years old?
4: Like it's still the garden. It's still the garden. It's I, gotta be. There are f- certainly twenty better places to play.
3: Oh, as far as certainly. like
4: as far as like state of
3: the art, but as far as like, yo, again. We, outside the Garden, even you know, us
4: fans, we may not feel that way, but the players still do. And if it's not the Garden, what is it? And if it's not even in basketball, is there another place? Is there a place in football that if you make it there, that's where you make it? I, I, I actually think the the
3: most historic places we have now in all of sports are college football stadiums. So it's college football stadiums. It's college football stadiums. Like, there's nothing like the horseshoe. Absolutely. There's nothing like the big house There's Daryl K. Rowe, there's Tuscaloosa, there's the Death Valley at night, Mm -hmm. LSU at night. Like, our most historic places where you get goosebumps and where you're like, yo, I'm not missing this, they're College
4: Football Stadium. Interesting. Young fellas, young players, young hoop heads, is Madison Square Garden still the mecca, the place to see and be seen? Do you judge them by that? Uh, six five six three seven seven six. Reach out however you'd like, because uh, this is a kind of a generational thing. As we talk about the next generation with Wimby and his opportunity to give you an idea. Uh, the things that Wimby is going to have to surpass to have joined that crew of greats. Tim Duncan on his first outing, uh, 25, 10, and 2. Uh, David Robinson yeah, on his first outing, 27, 6, and 2. Now keep in mind, those dudes were at least four years or three years older than he is right now. What about Jordan? Uh, Jordan walked in 33, 8, and 5. Three steals and two blocks, 15, and 22. Shoot it up. Even LeBron, who didn't have his greatest game, still went in there with a bad basketball team and got 22, 5, and 3. Durant Grant thirty five and four, AI thirty five seven and six. But of all the inaugural games, of all the dudes that stepped into the gauntlet and proved it, Akeem Elijah on thirty and twenty five rebounds to go along with uh, three blocks and three steals. That is a debut. Yeah, playing in the Garden. Where is the place to be? What do you think? Six five six three seven seven six is the number to call. You call it, you get on, just like Jeff did. Welcome on.
5: Guys,
1: thanks for taking my call. Uh, I don't know if I'm like a young hoophead, right? But at 38 years old, I just I don't see the Garden as the mecca or the pinnacle or the apex. It was never really that thing for me. Uh, I will say maybe a little bit different take on it. I think that the place is like the most relevant place now, right? Like the road has gone through Staples Center, the road has gone through Golden State. Out even in Oakland before they
6: move,
4: mm-hmm. so it's
1: kind of like where is the place of relevance now, and that's
5: the place that people want to be, and that's
4: how I see it. Right, you know, okay. it's a good point, and it hurts my soul. But it see, hurts but my gee, heart is to the hear thing, it. No, Like,
3: <sighs> I can't, I can't imagine. I, w- I would love for the NBA to do this poll on the, on the youth, because again, I, I would, I, I almost guarantee you, Giannis, Embiid, Jason Tatum. Jimmy Butler, whoever you want to call, whoever you want to say, it's still the Garden for them. And Jeff, the reason why I'm shocked at Jeff, because Jeff's 38. While well, he's not our age, you should know, but he's not young. He's not young, but he ain't old either. So for him, like I, again, Staples hasn't been re- okay. LeBron got to LeBron got to L.A. in 2019. <laughs> From 2011 to 2019. Staples didn't even matter.
4: No. Like really yeah, didn't.
3: when the Spurs and Lakers were going at it, it mattered. You know what I mean? And you know the Spurs got one in that time. Oh three, oh five, oh seven. Lakers Lakers sucked, so they weren't even going through Staples at that time. So you ask a question. There's still no, there's I, I I still don't see that there's any. And I'm a well the reason why we what we say matters, Rob, is because we're NBA guys. We watch right. There's nowhere else where it feels like, yo, this is something special going on right now. Like such and such is going for 60 in Sacramento's new arena. Who cares? Right. If somebody goes for like Steph Curry went for 54 in the garden, 11 threes, they lost. But we remember it because it was in the garden.
4: When you think of, you know, prestige and getting it done and and whether it matters to the different kind of generations. Why doesn't it apply? Is, is it because the Knicks haven't because been... You brought Knicks it up. up. If the Knicks were better and it was a place where there were great games because the Knicks were playing, not because of the visiting team, would it mean right. more? And maybe it did mean more when Michael was going into New York back then because the Knicks did matter. They were good. They were, they were a team and of they subs- took. And they took, they took the Bulls to the brink. They took
3: the Bulls somewhere nobody in the West ever did, to seven. <laughs> you know, Utah, um, Seattle... Phoenix, they couldn't get Mike to seven. The Knicks were able to get him to seven, and Michael was almost a Nick when he was a free That's agent. Rough. Once he we almost became
4: a that. Nick. So we yeah. like to thank John Starks, Texas' own John Starks, for what making <laughs> sure that Jordan remained undefeated <laughs> in the finals, but not being able to hit the side of a freaking barn. What was it? Oprah? Yeah, oh yeah, it was my bad. gosh! One of the bad. great. Oh, we got a couple people time. coming in, right? Uh, playing in the garden. Does it still mean to you as much as it meant to me back in the day? Uh, we're going to take your calls Sit if you tight. are online. Don't go nowhere. This is a great discussion. We'll be right back. You're on R and R, and this is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star.
6: Come on,
4: it's R and R. I'd like to be in New York tonight as the Spurs try to break. Let's be. Let's get back to the real world here. The Spurs need a win. that's <laughs> right. Just, that's just right we're having about. fun, right, with the whole garden and debuts, but yeah, they need a win. <laughs> yeah, ha ha. Very funny. You know, we lost by. We gave up 152 points the last time we put our uniforms on. Maybe we should go out and yeah, just We need a to win, win a basketball right. We need to win. Dude. You're right. Uh, where is the place to be? Where is it to be unveiled in the NBA? Is there any higher uh, uh, stage than Madison Square Garden? Now, I thought it was only the garden, but evidently others think differently. Let's talk about that. If you call 656-3776, your voice will go over the airwaves, much like it will for Dave. Welcome on, man. Wookie is here.
2: Hey, what's up, fellas? What up, what up, what up? A... Hey, hey man, I just want to... You know, chime in on this, and I think it does have a little bit of uh, age to do it. But when it all comes down to it, it's all what's relevant because I think it's relevant on what dynasty is out there at that time. Because there was a time you did not want to stroll into the Detroit and play the bad boy. You know, (laughs) There was was a time where, to me, when (laughs) Edwin's over here talking about the Staples, son, the Forum had had more than the Staples will ever have, and shut it. (laughs) <laughs>
3: but you know what but, also david if you're going by that during the Golden when golden state started oracle w- was a hell of a place to have to be too but it's just it's right. just the garden has spanned over decades as well
2: why. now here and here's my point i agree with you nothing will ever touch the garden i, don't, I mean yes we needed to be relevant with like the ewing years and stuff like that to where it just it brings more to it you can't wait to play there everything like that. Nobody's going to remember Julius Randle. I mean, that's sad. <laughs> <He's a> good... <laughs> but, he, but nobody's, but nobody's going to remember him. And and the thing is, they went tonight, you know, oh, it's a great debut, everything like that. There was only three places, and I'm 51, that to me were were the main places. It was MSG, mm-hmm. Boston Garden with the Leprechauns coming out, the Forum, and probably fourth place only during the Dynasty was going to play Michael and the Bulls because ain't no – greater intro than that and that can't be matched. sometimes they cannot yeah
4: be yeah the chicago stadium in the hey, highlight you know, what? There was nothing the like it. you know what when you
3: i remember what was that the last i don't remember when it was but a lot of times pe- teams thought they lost before the game started mm-hmm. that you know the music
4: whatever the hell and, that oh it's intimidating they'd blast the roof off that place yeah, it, it was really intimidating. was and intense. you know
3: what the palace
4: well, hell, we, how do we leave out the Boston garden? Well, my question was going to be, why do we leave out the garden? Because I do think that there is a need to go perform well in the garden. But if you had to choose, if you could be successful in one, I still think Madison Square garden it ranks above that. And I think it's the opposite reason. I think it's because the garden is synonymous only with Boston. I mean it's the really? Boston oh, Garden. I don't
3: know if I agree with that one, Rob. Ne- uh, Rob, there's you're hoping one Come on performance
4: now. that I can tell you that I go, That was in the garden and they took it from him and that was Jordan sixty three. But between other than the leg, that, between the leg, between the leg pull up. I thought it
3: was God in the Bulls uniform. Yes.
4: Other than that, can you name another Yes. Per- Wait,
3: Magic Johnson the Hook. Oh, oh. He was supposed to give the ball to Kareem. Oh, I can give you another gotcha. one. Um That's stupid. bird stole the ball from Isaiah on the on the pass in. They passed it to get the layup.
4: You remember that game? No, no, I'm with you. You're, you're proving um, me wrong. I, I You said it. My I vision. I can hear Johnny Mo screaming at birds. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can hear it. So no, you're right. Uh, but why is it of that esteem? Why do I don't you know? You I, you you know make what got to it. Another point.
3: Another very vivid video I have in the garden. Celtics win the title. The. Fans storm the court, and you see Larry Bird fighting, like elbowing fans, boom, 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 to get to the back of the locker
4: room. Now, my man card and my hoop card might be taken. I do believe they're not playing in that garden anymore. I think no, that no, no, garden they're is not. Gone. no, they're but not. No, the they're not. The they're not No, should still be there, where the garden is still. The yeah, garden. they're not playing there anymore. It the, the, the still smells like it did back in the 50s. Worthy debate. It's going to be a great game. In fact, it's a doubleheader tonight. As the NBA took the night off, uh yesterday for national election day everybody busy today and nba we got a double one after that so the spurs are early yeah, and then we got a du- one after that so great night of basketball as it does begin but that's just part of the uh, meal plan that's in front of us the cowboys get a make good games uh cures that ails you kind of game with the new york giants but lots of questions have to be answered for them to head where they're going and we're going to hear from uh the owner uh, Jerry coming up on the other side, and also it is reckoning day, or at least response day, for the University of Michigan. They oh, have yeah. till the end of business today. To today, what are they supposed to, to do? Respond Rob? to the accusations that they were sending guys flying into different stadiums and videotaping and stealing signals and dressing up like coaches and doing all the things that. But they have to answer to it today. Question:
3: Rob is my lawyer on this show. Yeah, <laughs> Rob. Screwed. If you were my client, if I was your client, Rob. You would advise me against
4: responding to allegations, wouldn't you? I think if well, now they're under mat. They're they're being ordered by whoever the. It's almost like a deposition. You have to respond today. Now they could respond like I ain't saying nothing. Prove it. They could say that.
3: That's what I am saying. Like, I, why would I respond to accusations? Like, like that's like going being on you know on the first forty eight when they have nothing and they bring the kids in and well, they freeze them like, out wait, for no, two hours. You did it. And then like you know these kids just start singing. Why would I start singing if I am Michigan? Why would I
4: respond to an accusation? So far, they're on your tack. They aren't answering crap. I mean, they all the only response we've had out of Michigan so far is, we can prove that there are a couple schools that bought our information from other schools or had it shared. That's all we can prove. And then there is the ultimate defense that they're all going to fall back on, that is mine, is, yeah, y'all are doing it too. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, so uh, what we're alone in this. That's going to have to be discussed. Coming back, Jerry talks about his offensive line. His quarterback, if he continues to do what he did, will it get them to where they want to go? <laughs> Jerry talks about that and others as the Cowboy clock continues to tick. Don't forget, Steven will be with the Blitz tomorrow as they prepare for the Giants. We'll be right back with tickets to go see a guitar legend whose last name is Johnson. That's next. You're on R&R. This is 941 San Antonio. Sports Star. It's R&R here on San Antonio's Sports Star. What am I looking at here? You're looking at a picture of Victor
3: Wimbanyama, Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's son. And Tom Brady captioned it three on three. Who's got next? So Wimby's hanging out with Tom Brady somewhere. Guess is that New York? Tom got a place in New York.
4: Probably is he a no, Nike endorsement? No, Tom's Under Armour. Oh, uh, that's right, he's Under Armour. Yeah, I was wondering how they might have run into each other. As Victor is Everybody making rounds Everybody wants to in hang New out York. with our guy. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left in the show, and so much to cover. Uh, right. I want to talk about uh, hear from Jerry. Uh, this is the deadline. Uh, For the University of of Michigan to respond to the ongoing allegation, yet more allegations regarding uh, sign stealing. Right. And uh, really the most important question of the day as uh, Pickleball is hosting their national championships up there in <laughs> Dallas. And it was actually on one of the broadcast networks last night. Wait, didn't you get married where this turn? at? I literally got married. Well, they were showing a, hot, a, a video montage of the Pickleball courts where the, where Dirk Nowiski was playing with some other dudes last yeah. night on TV. And they scanned uh, like part of the, the courts, and I go, Hey, Kel, is that where I... It's uh, it's at the country club where I got married way back when. That's phrase I got uh, married and right on pickleball pickleball court number three, I believe. Uh, so lots oh, to get into. Well, so, I'm told Beckham Jr. had a party. All the celebrities were there. Oh, that's what was going on with that's the it. National Pickleball so Championships are going Probably on. Only my wife
3: would know that. Oh. I, I didn't even know Beckham. So Beck's had
4: a party? No, so Beckham Jr. Little Beck's. What? Little Beckham. So not even the dad? No. So the, the the son got Nowitzki and those likes to go to his party? Well, no, Brady, 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 and Wimby, and yeah. Oh, so that wasn't the pickleball party. No. They were just at a Beckham Junior party, where they serving like Virgin, Ray Rogers, and Shirley Temples. I mean, we got to understand Beck.
3: I mean, what's his name? Wimby. He's from France. They drink at twelve.
4: Oh, that's right. And Beck's is they're European. <laughs> yeah. Those are euros. Now they're...
3: I don't know how old Little Beck's is. You just watched the doc. I think he's like twenty, right? He got to be like twenty. He's, up yeah. there. he's the that, doc. Was awesome
4: by the, the way. The, the daughter's name Brooklyn.
3: Yes, he has a Brooklyn, he has a crew, a son named Cruz. Cruz? Cruz, that's a pretty cool name. Cruz, Brooklyn, and something else, but yeah. LeBron and Dak Prescott, y'all think y'all got it hard. (laughs) Yeah. Y'all have no idea. Watch the documentary on Luis Figo and David Beckham, and then LeBron, you get back to me. And Dak Prescott, you get back to me. Well, no matter what, they're going to pitch, and they're going to talk about you, no matter what happens, you're going to get talked Have 75,000 people screaming, your wife takes it up the you-know-what, LeBron. And then nobody has ever, 75,000 people have never screamed a word about your wife. 75,000 soccer fans screaming, Posh takes it up the you-know-what in unison. All right, LeBron, Mr. I'm just so so hated. You have no idea. Wow. Yes, 75,000 in unison, all together, on beat. (laughs) <laughs>
4: I don't even know how to, I didn't I'm know sorry, that it happened.
3: I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did, uh, uh, I have so many questions.
4: How did they get to that? Uh, <laughs> see, he messed up a play in the world cup. <laughs> oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Th- th- that makes some more sense. Uh, Jerry was uh, on the fan yesterday and he was busy talking about uh, his offense. And there's no secret that Jerry loves Dak. We know that. But I think that over the last month and a half or so with the ups and downs, that there is this creeping concern from from Jerry that it's just growing in his mind that despite best efforts and talent acquisition and head coach changes and everything else, there's not a whole lot different. So when you ask what what Jerry thinks of Dak today, I do think his opinion is very different than it was even at the end of training camp. But what he did say, I do think as far as his play and the game previous, I think he defined himself where he needs to be in this ongoing situation with Dak and whether he'll be a long-term QB.
1: Even though still had a tough day out there, and those were a lot of pressures on Dak. I think I saw where that's the most pressures we've had on him. Just shows again what kind of game he played. It was outstanding, the game that he played. Uh, We should be able to get there if Dak will play games like that. Now I know that's maybe a little uh, different thing to hear from me, but if Dak can have those kinds of games, we can I think get where we want to be this year.
3: This is what's scary to me if I was a die-hard Cowboy fan. I'm not a die-hard Cowboy fan. I'm a bandwagon, and I'll stay over there for now. Dak Prescott, best game of the year. CeeDee Lamb, best game of the year. Jake Ferguson, best game of the year. And we still lost by five. Still came up short. You still lost the game. Mike McCarthy called a pretty good game. Defense wasn't, defense wasn't bad, but wasn't great. Third quarter, it got away from them. They gave up 14. Fourth quarter, they figured that out. So you had a decent game from a lot of different places, the best game from Dak, Seedy, and Jake Ferguson, yet you still lost the game. That is worrisome. And that's why I look at Jerry and I say, well, wait a minute, Jerry. You can. So you mean to tell me you feel like this type of performance from Dak is the one that can get you to a Super Bowl where you want to be? It can't even get you a regular season win. How's it getting you a playoff win on the road? Because right now you looking like you're gonna. It looks like you could possibly be on the road. Oh, they're gonna be on the road unless you know, unless they get some help. You know, San Francisco's kind of come back to the pack, but even head to head, San Francisco has
4: that. So how, how is that? Well, if the offense ain't gonna be good enough, the defense better be good enough. And we were told early on, though, we understand that the identity thing is kind of a nebulous thing from week to week. But Jerry did talk about the defensive identity of his team. Yeah, let you us go to that one.
1: You know, to me those are good terms for uh for us all <laughs> to be able to communicate and for clarity uh the uh, really, what you want is balance. Mm-hmm. And uh uh you uh, uh you'd like for uh you'd like for people to say, "Boy, they can uh, uh they can uh effectively go on long drives." make third downs, make them, them, and uh, that be the team that they are, Uh, I think we're very capable of having an explosive offense, very. Uh, And we are probably more capable than any time that I can remember of having a a tremendous uh, uh, defense. We're very capable. And we do. And those stops that we made in the last part of that game, last third of that game the other day, were picture book for me. And so um, uh, I like the balance. Uh, and when we say identity, uh, I don't know how you can keep your eyes off a guy like Dak or a guy off like Lamb on offense, uh, the the kind of a line, frankly, uh, our offensive line, which always uh, is under uh, the, hmm? the uh, microscope. What? Be careful. Uh, I like that. I like what when you look over at that defense and you see that hooker, you see that. What? Uh, <laughs> you see Parsons, you see, uh, I don't want to leave anybody out, Lawrence, uh, uh host of those guys. First guy off those your mind on the so defense is Hooker? In words, uh, uh, of, I like our identity and I like both of them. And I think um, we've got to have top on both sides.
4: Got to have what? If I'm Hooker, I've got my agent he calling said, you Jerry see that, right
3: now. You see that hooker? That's a great slogan. Um, It's clearly – the identity of the team is clearly defense. And it I is. say that because of this. Offensively, Dak, CD, Jake, one of their best games. They still can't run the ball. We'll talk about that a different day. But you see what happens when the defense don't create a turnover. The defense doesn't create a turnover. They don't win. They didn't win. They couldn't create a turnover. Even though they, did, they had a decent game and then in the third quarter – Philly punched them in the face, made their eyes water, and they never recovered. So when when they're not exceptionally good on defense, they don't win. So that has to be your identity,
4: right? Their identity is a defense that has to have offensive production to win. We're a defensive team that has to have... Offensive production to win the game. The defense can't do it by itself. We've held yep. teams under 20, held them under 30. They've done everything they need to do defensively. The offense has to score buckets, but the defense will get yeah. them to the position. And I think that's a safe and comfortable place to land. Uh, I want to give away some tickets real quick. To so where? where? His we name going? is Eric Johnson. He is a guitar virtuoso. If you don't know, ask somebody. Uh, Axe. He is coming to. Uh, <laughs> He's, He's coming to the Aztec in ghetto. April. It's in April, mind you. That's April. how big a guy is, like Eric Johnson. He has to schedule that far out. If you want to go see him perform songs from his "Cliffs of Dover" record that hit the charts in 1990. Won him a Grammy for the best rock instrumental performance. Can he wail? He can wail. He can shred, and he can wail and shred at the same time. Uh, it's a Live Nation gig. If you want to go, get on the phone right now, six five six three seven seven six. Caller number three we will go see Eric Johnson, the American guitarist, vocalist, and composer, offer you his rendition from Awe via Musicom and the Cliffs of Dover. It's well, ra- go ahead. It, well, I was going to say it's Reckoning Day for Michigan. reckoning day they got to answer to the accusations there has been a deadline offered by the big 10 to say uh are you cheating or not what is your response
3: yeah my response to if they're cheating or not is clearly it seems like they were doing something that isn't morally correct but i need the ncaa and the big 10 i need to see it in writing that what whatever it is that we're saying that they did I need to see it in writing that it's illegal. If nobody can produce whatever they did in writing where it says right here 123.1A it says you cannot have somebody dress up and go on the sideline and watch their plays. If you can't produce that if you can't produce that then I I I'm asking free Michigan. I'm a free Michigan, dog. What are we talking about? If we're talking about morals, miss me with
4: morals, man. This is big boy college football. Miss me with the morals. This is so funny. As a Southern Baptist Uh-oh. raised, you know they say, uh, you know we don't we don't recognize a variety of things because it's sin, and we don't recognize a fellow church member in the liquor store. I mean, <laughs> you got all these you got all these sanctimonious coaches and ads going. Look at what they're doing. Like stop, and we all know. Yeah, stop it. That if you ain't doing that, and I ain't calling it cheating, but if you ain't doing that, you ain't trying. So that we we go up against the backdrop of all of these guys are sinners, and all of them shouldn't be casting a stone. But Harbaugh's a disruptor, good, bad, and different. He is there to disrupt the way that you recruit, yeah, yeah. the way that you coach. Remember, he was the coach that came up with the ideas. I'm taking my entire team to Europe. I'm going to take my entire team down to South Florida. And you know what we're going to practice? We're going to practice on the field of the best high school football program in the country, IMG Academy. I'm going to take my team down there to they practice. They stopped them.
3: They blocked that, But though, this, right? what
4: I'm saying is he is a disruptor that his He's one, innovator He's an innovator. There's the other word. You could say disrupt. You could say innovate. But the fact of the matter is he is there to stir the pot. And it's... He's going to pay the price on this one. If Michigan goes, if they manage to get there, he will not be their coach this year. He is going to get suspended. No one, no one has defended this cat. Not his AD, not the Big Ten commissioner. No one has come out and said, you know what, Harbaugh, Michigan program. His AD's defended him. His AD's been
3: like, hey, y'all got got to show us something now. We're going to sue. That's not defense. They they said we're going to sue if y'all do anything to us.
4: That's defense? That's not defense. That's bluster. What does that word mean? That is, that's, we'll sue you if, well, that's not saying you didn't do it. Well, You're just saying if you call. charge me. I don't
3: know what bluster means. Let me take a shot Oh, you
4: bluster. Call. You're just being loud for loud's sake, hoping we don't oh, notice okay. that you have zero defense. You didn't say, no, we didn't. You said, sue me. If you do it, I'll sue you. That's not defense. That's bluster. They have not come out and said, you know why our assistant coach was wearing Central Michigan uniform? They haven't come out and told us that. They can't. You can't. You, I mean, they're caught. Well, they've been asked to respond the cover today. The cover-up
3: is worse than the crime. Always. So, after you've been caught, you just say, okay, fine, y'all caught us. We were doing that, but show us where it says it's illegal.
4: The uh, George Costanza, was that wrong, defense? Because if that was wrong, I wouldn't have done it. I didn't know that sending one of my administrators, somebody under my employ, to fly around the last couple of seasons to other games to use his phone and his acumen to pick up s- signals, whether it was wrong in eyes or not, it was still not something condoned, if not by word, at least by action. Uh, to me, it feels a lot like Roger
3: Clemens and, and Barry Bonds. We just don't yeah, like you. So. We weren't testing for it, but you still shouldn't have been doing it. Like yeah, we don't have a rule against that. We don't have a rule against that, but guess what? You still shouldn't have been doing
4: it. The Big Ten has the opportunity to impose to impose discipline. They can suspend him. It doesn't matter Based on what, Rob. Well, the accusations.
3: They I, are. I'm just. Hey, man. I'm just being a defense attorney on this one.
4: I don't. 15. I don't give a damn, really, to be honest. And okay, let's go take it that step. Should we give a damn? Is this even worthy of consideration? Or because if let's say a universally loved football program, and I don't know which one would be on the the top of the most universally loved football yeah, programs, either. but if there was one that was cherished above the others, and we found out, yeah, hey, you know what, they've been stealing some signals, uh, would we care? Well, no, I mean, it, I don't know, but because it's Harbaugh, I feel like we
3: love being outraged. We in in sports today, we love to be outraged. Like, I can't believe that. Why would he do that?
4: Like, because he's trying to win. And you brought up an important point. There has been zero concrete evidence provided. Because if there was, we'd already know he'd already be gone.
3: If they're like, you know, when you have a concrete rule like, hey, this happens if you do this. The fact that they have not produced that tells
4: you. There ain't one, and they're just trying to—they're just trying to morally suspend this man. Well, he's got some of the mob—I wasn't the button guy kind of thing defense, and that's you know then, then the NCAA bylaw, and I know it by heart because right. as Ryan's, an Aggie Ryan's
3: chimed in right here.
4: Uh, the NCAA bylaw eleven point one 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 institutional control—that's the fallback okay. defense. That's the that RICO. Too. You know, for mobsters, it was the RICO thing that got the Dons. It's the lack of institutional control, Rule 11.111, which is the RICO law for college coaches. You say you didn't know what you should have. RICO's
3: the worst. But, yeah, off-campus, according to YouTubers, a bylaw 11.6.1, off-campus in-person scouting of future opponents is prohibited.
4: We have flights We have tickets purchased. You know why we know about that? Because they used the University of Michigan credit card to buy the tickets. We know you were there. We know you were there. We know you you bought the tickets. We have a picture of you. At least one of your guys. So long. Well, it's the NCAA. I mean, they move like a glacier. I mean, realistically, keep in mind this Bill Self investigation that began in 2016 just finished over the summer. And he just got a lifetime extension. After all that. You see
3: what I'm saying? Like, Bill Self was, like, caught red-handed cheating as well. And he got a lifetime extension for it. But, 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 hey, let's get Harbaugh up out of here for cheating. Come on, man. Well, everybody liked Bill Self. Exactly. Thank you. Look, I'm glad somebody's just saying it. Like, we just don't
4: like Harbaugh. And the fact of the matter is, I will be the arbiter here. Harbaugh, you're better in the NFL anyway. The Oakland, Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders need you desperately. So do the Chicago Bears. Or maybe the Bears might need you even more. So to the benefit of the bigger beast in this food chain, yeah, uh it might be time for you to go, but it might be better places for you to land. God will close the door and open a big old window for you to land at an NFL team where you probably should have been all along, because we don't give a damn whether you take your whole football team to go practice in Florida. We don't give a damn whether you want to fly to Europe. We don't give a damn just go win. And if you want to steal signals, as long as you're not breaking a law, go do it. Because guess what? It's the NFL. They're stealing yours. They're stealing yours. That's why you cover your mouth. I heard Lewis Riddick earlier today, and he was trying to justify it just like most of these NFL coaches, and he turned and said, do you believe there's a national champion over the last 10 years that didn't steal a sign? Do you believe that? Because if you do, I got some stuff to sell you. Do you believe? Now, whether it was in the rules or out of the rules, if you believe that Nick Saban doesn't have a dirty trick squad, if you believe that Steve Sarkeesian doesn't have a bunch of dudes with binoculars, you're wrong. They're stealing them. They're doing everything they can to get them. And you just brought up it's obvious by the way, every time you see a coach on the sideline, he got a piece of paper over his mouth because he knows I'd be spying too.
3: Yeah. And I love Lewis Riddick. I'm glad you brought him up. And I guess we're gonna roll we'll roll this over till tomorrow. Lewis Riddick today said with a straight face CJ Stroud right now, already, is a top ten quarterback in the NFL. James Pludger just got a little chubby. And I love Lewis Riddick, like love Lewis Riddick. I don't know if I agree with that, and and I can't wait to have it as a topic tomorrow. The top, he's a top ten quarterback right now. Well, okay. Again, see what I'm saying, we got oh, like, don't we have only, much time. We only got forty. Let's save it. We'll discuss this tomorrow. We're gonna discuss this tomorrow because we look. We all love what CJ's doing, and and but like my thing is like y'all don't y'all remember RG three you remember Cam Newton? I can go on and on of these guys that had these great rookie years, and then it all just came screeching halt. Well, so we're going we're to discuss this.
4: Saying you're the best quarterback or a top-ten quarterback in the AFC is not a very high no, bar. No, he said in the NFL. In the NFL? Even there, it might not be as high a bar as it used to be. He's in competition with Zach Wilson. he's he's, he's in competition with Desmond Ritter yeah he's he's up there baby hey this has been R&R thank you so much for hanging with us tell a friend about how much fun you had we'll be back again tomorrow morning y'all be cool